trust this kid any further than I can throw him. Well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't throw anybody. It's true. What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Uh-huh. Last thing I need at this point in my career is 1,500 Ferris Bueller disciples running around these halls. He jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. Well, makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. Thank you, Grace. I think you're wrong. Oh, well, he's very popular, Ed. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. That is why I have got to catch him this time. To show these kids that the example he sets is a first-class ticket to nowhere. Oh, Ed, you sounded like Dirty Harry just then. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Co- couple, so, a couple of thoughts. Yeah. Well, yeah. you go ahead first. No, I was just going to say, I'm sorry I didn't pull the, the, the whole clip he says. Thanks, Grace. Yeah. After that, which right is cute. Sure. But, but we both know that. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, anyone right. else who's listening who doesn't, you yeah, should rewatch you, the movie. You suck. Watch it. Because it's an yeah. all-timer. Yes. Um, a couple of thoughts, though. <laughs> One, that, obviously a lot of these characters are kind of caricatures and bigger than life and fierce yeah. Bueller, and they should be. But as much as the principle is that, um, he is very sincere in that scene. When you watch that scene out of context of the movie, as much as he has the big over-the-top moments, if you just listen to what he's saying and I was just watching here on the screen, he is very much like Grace. That is why I have to do this. Like, like that is a very... Oh, no, well, the question is, is Ed Rooney a real villain or not? Sure. When uh, you break into the house of the kid, (laughs) at a certain point... It goes off the rails at the end. But, yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, Ferris is that asshole that everyone would hate if it wasn't a movie, if he was in high school. That's exactly right. For an adult. But uh, he's also our hero. (laughs) Right, Um, right. But yeah, so that was one of the thoughts I was going to say too. Uh, at the risk of, I know I'll sound like the you know get off my lawn Here old we guy go. again, but I'm still going to say it. Um, I miss stuff like this because just taking that much time to have that exchange of dialogue, right. which makes the movie better and is necessary to the experience. <laughs> We literally will no longer do like it's very rare outside of artistic movies, movies that are maybe aiming for an Oscar, which I know we'll get into like some Oscar talk for it actually to be still and just to be a dialogue exchange between two characters. And I don't mind movies that move and I like pace, but I do sometimes miss kind of that slower pace that we used to have for films where we had a little more patience to just absorb the full story. Yeah, and and take in the setup before all the all the payoff comes. I hear anyway, that, anyway, and I agree. love Ferris Bueller. Um, so I have a couple other uh, Ferris Bueller things. Um, one reason that I picked a Ferris Bueller clip is because uh, Louis Anderson passed away, and he is in Ferris Bueller. It's one of his earliest mm. roles. Do you remember who he is? I don't. He is holding the flowers for the flower delivery. Oh, that's actually the you know. <laughs> Because I'm the worker. nurse who <laughs> likes to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he doesn't have a wow. line. He just stands Yeah, I there can see him, though. And he's smiling, right? Yes, he's like smiling. He's, yeah, and he's kind of going along with the song. What um, a great movie. Isn't that I wild? Really that. And that then, is wild. And the, the yeah, so RIP I had Louis forgotten Anderson. completely. That's weird as many times as I've watched Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Uh, I had forgotten that completely. 
Yeah. We've jumped right into death today. Um, I usually wait till the news. And I have and I have one more Ferris Bueller thing that's relevant. Lay it on me. So uh, this is actually like another clip. We're going to go right into another oh, Ferris Bueller yeah. clip. Oh, my God. Two clips. <clears throat> and um, and you, really you just have to game. work with me here and, uh, and listen uh, in a second here. Cameron by the pool. I'm setting the scene. Right. It's the hot Cameron. tub scene. Okay, so Sloan has a line. Cameron, I could flip out real easy, too. It's okay. Sooner or later, everybody goes to the zoo. What did she just say? Sooner or later, everybody goes to the zoo. There you go, right? That's what she says. Sure. That's what I've always known in okay, my head. I can't seen, wait to find no, no, out no. why you're bringing this no, up. And, and I'm not bringing this up to uh, to have a like, gotcha moment. Like, oh, I learned something. What I... I was so off put. I went to, <laughs> I, I went to br- brunch. I'm so excited so, I, no, about no, no. this exchange. Okay, all right, cool. So, so the other morning, Lori and I were off on Monday morning, and we we're like, "Oh, let's let's go get some breakfast." It's you know, it's a weekday. Let's go oh, get breakfast somewhere. And so I'm still in my pajamas, and I was like, "You know what? There's a place right around the corner from where I live sure. that I've never been, and it's called Sloan's." And had such a crush on Sloan from this Oh my movie. god. I mean yeah. we also yeah. just Sorry watched we also just watched Time Cop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. First thing there. I thought about when you told me you were doing Mia, it. But, but Mia continue. Sarah. Mia yeah. Sarah? Sarah? I don't I think know. It's Sarah, but. Uh, I, Mia Sarah. She's got two first names. Anyways. <laughs> <clears throat> LA people. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh so we go to Sloan's and uh and Sloan's is great. They're in Valley Village and I think they have another location. And it's just Shout like a very Sloan's. small place and it's got great reviews, and I was like, Yeah, I want to go there someday. Um, on the wall, uh, in the corner, they have a big poster that says this. <laughs> it says, no. it's and a giant poster Sloan's. and it says sooner or later, everybody goes kazoo. And so I looked at it and I took a picture of it. Is this like, a debate okay, on the internet? This is the question, right? So what do you think? What do you think she says? Can't we pull okay, the script? So, well, so we'll here's, the here's the research that I did. I went on every website <laughs> that had a copy, copy, you know, in, in quotes of scripts uh, of Ferris Bueller. And everyone says uh, zoo. Everybody goes, sure, to, the goes zoo. to the zoo. Um, there is, well, I think, one link when you <laughs> when you look up Everybody, because there's a cof- obviously a common Google search. Everybody goes to the zoo. Meaning, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sure. And one of them is a link to a clip website where this clip plays, and it has the transcript from the clip, and it says "kazoo" in the transcript. Wow! But the vast majority of the internet has no record of that. If you search the phrase with the word "kazoo," not kazoo, like this. As in, not like yeah, this. <laughs> this is exactly it. This is it's so much fun. Again. We should do this so, every episode. We should find a different it's thing. It's like it's like what do you call it? It's investigation. It's uh, it's um, what's the CSI people? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's heavy. Uh, what is that called? Um, it's. Uh, what's the oh, the, the the um yeah the the uh <laughs> the career of uh forensics there forensics is. there it is i, I was gonna say word. investigative but the yeah. word it's forensic forensic <laughs> movie line shit um anyways the point is in my head here's the fun part in this my head so funny in my head mia sarah 
owns that fucking place called Sloan's. Right. I don't know this to be true. I'm sure it's sure, not true. Sure. I don't know why it's called Sloan's. I went on their website and their Instagram and I tried to like learn. They've only been around for two years or three years, <laughs> like 2018, whatever. And in my head, she owns it. She lives in the Valley. She owns right. this restaurant. Right, yeah. And she put up that sign as a fucking joke because <laughs> Look at she you building your own little narrative around this. This, this is great. Because, okay, let's ask a question. What does everybody goes to the zoo mean? I I don't know. So, okay, so, I guess it's a version of like. Listen, I'm not everybody saying everybody goes wild. Yeah, I'm everybody not saying, goes bananas. Exactly. You can put it together. I'm not saying that. I get it, It's a but, regular phrase, but <laughs> it's but not. they probably you know you, when you're writing scripts, you do this sometimes, right? You're trying to come up with some other way to say something, and right? Like, going crazy, going wild, going bananas, like going you're, you're a monkey or whatever. Like going yeah. to the zoo is it's like adjacent to all yeah, of those. You're, yeah. you're losing whatever standard like like you're living in a civilized society, right? Right. And then you go to the zoo because you that's you're now that's my wild, interpretation yeah. about it. anyway. And and that's I'm sure 100 percent accurate. Goes kazoo means nothing exactly. What does kazoo mean? Kazoo is I an guess object. you could say someone <laughs> blows a kazoo. Yeah. And that's as crazy. Like everyone goes, ah, you know, like you've just lost. It, I, I don't know. It I doesn't guess. Make I guess that much less the sense than yeah. goes to the that's zoo. What I, the point is, they're both not great lines. <laughs> However, she does still say zoo. I just think it's very, very clear. Sooner when or later, you, everyone when you goes listen to the zoo. And don't look at her lips. It. All right, I'm gonna try. I got it my eyes closed. Absolutely could Hit it. be kazoo. Hit it. I still uh, hear to the to zoo. The zoo. No, I'm sorry, the two right. and right. the when you crank right. it up, yeah, yeah. It, it's too clear. Yeah. Um, however, this is a you. fun debate. I agree with you. Um, and you know, these makes things interesting. That's why we do this? And you know, this this takes me to one of our favorite shared podcasts, the James Bonding podcast, yeah. when they talked so much in Casino Royale. I don't remember if it was one of their girlfriends or if it was a friend when at the very beginning, first time we see Craig, when he says, uh, made you feel it, did he? He says, your contact, how did he die? And he says, oh. your contact, not well, <laughs> in a well. right? Not in well. A like well. he didn't die well. I forgot about and this. And she thought he said in a well. In a well. Now, the fact, when you try to put these lines together that you're not <laughs> sure about, yeah. the fact, even though in a well doesn't make any sense, sure. the fact that after that moment, they immediately cut to the fight where he dunks the guy's head in the sink it, and he's drowning him. Just... And she's thinking, I thought in Britain, another name for sink was yep. well. Yep. Like. And when you think about it that way, as much as it's easy to make fun of, it, it makes is, sense. It is kind of hilarious how we can hear another line and go with it, particularly because with like something that's like British, right? We, we build our every own time he says yeah. "ma'am," it sounds like "mum" mom. or "mom." Yeah. And so they talked about how confusing that was. And anyway, all of this <laughs> takes me back to being a child. There's, I'm sure there was a million lines back when they used to make movies occasionally for adults. Remember how exciting it was when you would catch part of a movie with your mom and dad that was meant for adults, Ooh, yeah. which they never used to do, but they talked different. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to follow all of it, even <laughs> yeah, the lines, but you could kind of follow. And it was like exciting. Cause you were like, I don't get yes. this, but I'm going to try to, you know, you were still captivated. Well, um, that happened. I'm sure there were a lot of lines where I didn't follow everything in adult movies, but sure. there was a movie that was meant for kids and adults called the princess bride. You may have heard of it. Yep. One of the best movies ever. And <laughs> I'll never forget this because my brother and I reenacted this scene so many times we've got, we filmed it and I'm on film saying this line incorrectly. Um, for years, maybe 10 years, I did not understand why someone would say this, but I thought 
that Wesley, our hero, uh, said this. When he knocks out Andre the Giant, you know, chokes him out. Yeah. He leans down and he's actually listening to his heart. Like he's see that he's still alive. Uh-huh. Right. But because Andre's pants come up so high, yeah. it's he's basically right at his waist. Right. Yeah. Or it looks like where his waist is. He leans down and he listens. And then he says to Andre's unconscious self, I do not envy the headache you will have when you awake. Yes. But in the meantime, dream well, dream of large women, right? Sleep okay, well, dream long. Sure. Great line. Right. He leans down. He puts his ear to presumably Andre's waist. And I thought he said, I do not envy the headache you will have on your waist. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. But I first heard this as a five-year-old. Sure. And until I was probably 18, yeah. I just thought the headache in your waist. He He's leaning down and listening to it. And for some reason, he thinks the guy's going to have pain in his waist. Yes. It's meaningless. We just, it's the we take dumbest very shit literally I can as a think. child. We, yeah. we, we, we yeah. you know, we conflate things that are, you know, this happened at this time, so therefore yeah. they're connected. And you know, sooner or later we not. all go kazoo. kazoo That's my right. point. <laughs> anyway, well, this the, has been you fun. know what's fun about this is that I absolutely also have, I'm sure, a bunch of misheard lines Got throughout to. the years. Got to. So I just need to write them down when they happen. And then we'll play them, and then I'll, it'll yeah. be a new segment. It's something people talk about more with songs than movies. Yeah, but it, but it happens, happens probably in movies. just as much sure, or more. Maybe more. Yeah. You know, we always yeah. hear Rock the Cash Box, right? Rock the Cash Box. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's all these ones where they've had commercials about it. <laughs> yeah. But I think movies definitely have the same thing. Yeah, in I a think, well is one of the I funniest think that'd be things a, Yeah, that's an excellent one. Um, I think we could we could very literally start a segment New about segment. that. Um, we'll have to, what do we call it? <laughs> Miss... It's kind of like it's misheard things. We could call it "you heard with purred." No one's ever done that before. Um, no. Yeah, we'll think about it. Yeah, we will think. Or about uh, it. or write in. I, people write into us constantly. So yep, write you in guys with your just, ideas uh, we about have what to we should call that the segment. Emails. There's so many emails. <laughs> I'm not going to respond. There's too many to go through. So, <laughs> anyway. so uh, we should anyway. talk about some movies that we've watched. Yeah, this was fun. We, Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> we have been we have been only really podcasting about once a month recently, which is a bummer. Yeah, I would yeah. love to do more, but it's just the nature of life um and uh and there have been a lot of movies i've seen since last time um, and there are almost none that i've seen last time fair. i had watched yeah. more movies than i'd probably ever watched between right. one pod to another yep. and this time i've watched the least amount that's okay i'm literally gonna only name you one but you start with all the ones you've got and then i'll throw my <laughs> it two is a long in. list i've got some tv to throw i'll try in. to that's good sure. tv is a big category um i just want to mention um you talked about the king's man yes last time yes. briefly and um and it, what a wild movie we talked by text about this but um, what a wild shift in tone back and yeah. forth that movie has has some real dark, sad stuff that is it's almost overwhelming. And I I, oh. I, I don't just say that um, it, it's it's truly sad. And then it's also this wacky action movie. <laughs> it, it, and so it is a movie that should not exist. It's so but weird. we are in agreement on it. We. Both of us, I think, acknowledge the same flaws that you yeah. can't really defend, right. and yet both of us had the same good time, ultimately. Yeah, and enjoyed it, and when it was over, yeah. I was like, hey, you know what? I enjoyed that more than I thought, yeah. I, you know, um, because I almost give it more credit for having such a, uh, like a significant, like, core to it. 
um, which is essentially right. this backstory right. for the Ray Fiennes character, which is so devastating. And then, you know, it sets up a sequel. And so maybe yep. we World have War this II really next. sad kind of intro movie. And then maybe we, you know, we move on from there uh, with more fun, light stuff. I it don't is know. a very strange thing. And I, and I love Matthew Vaughn. He's yeah. really never missed for me. Right. I, I mean, I guess this would be his biggest miss, but I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah. Um, but I just don't understand how he could have possibly envisioned this and thought, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Even though I liked it. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I, I totally got Kingsman why he would do it. X-Men first class, kick ass, you know, stardust, all these movies he's yeah. done layer cake. But this one is the strangest thing. And I, I think his idea of, you know, it would be great if we had a James Bond style fun adventure, but we taught a history lesson, like, like very history light, right? Yeah, yeah. We took people through actual things that happened and then we fictionalized other stuff. That stuff all makes sense to me. But if you're going to do it fun, you're going to do it fun. And if you're going to do it dark or if you're going to do like in Glorious Bastards, the way Tarantino does, you yeah. do it that way. And he kind of tried to he straddle that line. <laughs> yeah. But and not fully. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, um, I agree. I don't know. Check it out. I mean, it's worth checking out. I, I but agree, um, yeah, yeah kind of disturbing in um, parts for sure. Yeah. And for what it's worth, that was a good, I've had a couple of good Alamo draft house days recently nice. um, because what there. I learned or what I decided is that my favorite way to do it, I forget if I mentioned this last time. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I've done both of these since the last podcast, um, is that I park at the North Hollywood train station. It's $3 all day to leave your car. Oh, fuck yeah. And then I take that train and it takes me directly to the Alamo. There's no stops or there's no nice. uh, you know changes. And so it's red line to that. You come up underneath it and then you sit there all day and you see a bunch of movies and then you leave and it's you know it's like, like rush a hour day to me. because at rush hour it would be fucking terrible to get out of that parking garage sure. downtown anywhere and uh, I would have paid a shitload of money to park there all day. Yeah, we'll have to do that so, sometime, man. Um, it's Together, really wonderful. That yeah. sounds perfect to me. And that I mean, like it's also day. good, I'm sure, on a weekend, but I've done it on weekdays where I'm there all day. and then Well, and because the, the biggest, the only big bummer about that Alamo and where it is is... The parking, the parking is, situation. Yeah, and the train no is good. so easy. It's literally underneath it. Um, so, yeah, I've done that a couple of times recently. And so in this case, I did Kingsman, and then I went... Um, you know, you have to time them, right? Sure. Um, and I have my Alamo season Part pass now, so I can do one movie a day. In these instances, I'm just paying for the, the second movie or the third yeah, movie or whatever, sure. which I don't mind doing, you know? Um, oh, and by the way, um, I donated uh, the Star Trek tapes to them. And uh, my sister were gave me out? some Star Trek. Yeah, and they were out. Fuck my, yeah. my sister gave me some Star Trek uh, VHSs. Uh, so thanks, Sheila. But it basically, it was like, She's like, you like Star Trek? Here you go. And then I looked them up, and they weren't really worth much. You know, they weren't really coll significant Except collector's items or anything. And I'm not in the habit of collecting VHS. That's not really right. what I'm doing. Right. Um, so, but <laughs> not anymore. There yeah. was a time. <laughs> I think some people collect VHS, but me, I was just like, you know what? These are really wonderful condition VHS, and they were single episode VHSs of TOS. Yes. And I was like, that's really cool. Oh. That's kind of unique. Oh. And so I went to Alamo and I was like, can I donate some tapes to your tape wall? Because they put them in at the bar for people to watch. And they were sure. like, yeah, sure. And so I brought them in and they were like, hey, thanks. And they didn't you they know, didn't do anything. They didn't give me like a free ticket or anything. Right. But right. they were like, hey, thanks. At least they and put them then, uh, now they're up on the wall. So there's something that's been, you know, something's been significant in your life when like you just said that and you talked about um, 
you know, single episode. Yeah. And I, I got for like a slight second, I got that <laughs> chills feeling like the excitement of when you'd get one or rent yeah. one and come home to put it in and yeah. like, see, you know, What's and like, one? obviously that's, you know, 30 years ago now, been or a while. 20 years, whatever. But, um, so old. So old. but, uh, but that's, uh, that's really cool, man. And, um, it makes me think about when, when I moved in with Jess and finally just decided, look, I mean, I have just like I had with VHSs, I have a thousand DVDs now. Right. And I don't need all of them, but the ones that I do have, I certainly don't need the cases, right? Yeah. And then it was just filling up a suitcase full of, you know, yep. old CD case full of... I still have those. I got three yeah, right there. I've, yeah. I've got two that are full. Yeah. And taking... But, you know, there were so many that I decided, okay, we just got to get rid of these or, you know, there's no yeah. need to have them. Especially because a lot of my friends, when they decided to get rid of stuff five, six years ago, I was the guy that would be like, you want these? And I just took everything. Sure, yeah. But I went down to... um what is the video store next to the Newart on Santa Monica? Oh, Cinephile. Used be, Cinephile. Used to be right around the corner from, from my apartment. Totally. And I walked in there. This is, honestly, this is probably, this might be a year ago now, but it's during the pandemic. And I walked in with just a case of probably, I don't know, 250, 300 movies, you know, this huge box sure. of movies. And, you know, stacked them up. And I was like, you guys still taking, you know, DVDs? And stuff? I knew they were, but I just wanted to check. And the guy was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, what do you, you know, we can get them out. We can talk about them and see what you want. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I, I, I love what you guys do. I, I'm just glad yeah. that you guys are still here and like operating or whatever. And I was like, you can have them. And he, dude, this dude's face, it made me feel so good because I would have done it anyway. Sure. But he was just genuinely in the most sitcom way imaginable, <laughs> but it was sincere. I think said, Thanks, man. I mean, he just looked at me and <laughs> fucking lit up. That's and cute. like the fact that I wasn't, I mean, granted, I mean, sure, you can always make some money. I just didn't want to take any money from their business. Sure. Because I love it so much. Like even, yeah, it would have been great to have $50 or $200. I don't know. Right, you know, right. 20 bucks. I don't know what it would have been. But, um, but the fact that I just gave them all to them and they could make a profit and sure. you know, keep going or whatever, he was so happy. It made my day. Uh, I should probably care more about giving a homeless guy five bucks, but it made me so happy that these this people so who are still marketing and moving, you know, yes. physical store you can go still there, into. And that's great. I love that they're there. I miss so much um, a video store named Desire. Sure, with yeah. Mike, who used to run it, um, it had its time. But um, I'm glad they're still there, and I'm glad the Newark's there. And one day I'm going to go back to both of those. This podcast is going to be so long night. because I have another story that's real good. This is the short. all stories podcast. Yeah, it's going to be real short. By the but... way, it should be all stories because it's uh, almost our three-year anniversary. Yeah, Just I actually should that. look up. By the time this is out, it will be our our three-year. We started February 2019, and I should look up when our first episode That was our aired. first podcast. You never but, forget um, your first. Yeah. So my story is similar to yours. Uh, well, no, it's not at all. Uh, it's sort of. Um, <laughs> They're both about movies. So we have these. I've had these black leather zipper cases, case logic yes. cases of DVDs for a very long time. My mom bought me so many DVDs over the years, and very early on, I was like, I am never keeping the cases. Like very early on, I was a teenager, and I was—I like, was I'm, absolutely keeping. I'm never for keeping a long the time. cases, and so I've—I've I've unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, I think at this point, unfortunately, <laughs> thrown away all the cases for every DVD I've ever mm. bought. Um, and uh, so I have these cases, right? Well, when I was 21, a um, bunch of my friends and I went to Vegas, and so that was 2009. Oh, I've heard this story. Yes, uh, it was. It was 2009. And uh, we went to Vegas, and we were staying at, at the time, it was called The Hotel. It was the Suites Tower at Mandalay Bay. 
and it's very swanky and we were all you know 20 or 21 and so you know we wore suits and all the bullshit stuff you do when you're 20 yeah and um and you know we went out and ate a fancy dinner and all this stuff and it was a good 21st birthday um i left my dvd case in the room and and i don't even ask me why I brought them, but I think maybe I knew that the rooms there had DVD players. Right. right. And back then there wasn't really good Wi-Fi in rooms yeah, and there wasn't good streaming stuff. Uh, streaming stuff. So I brought DVDs. We were there for like two or three days or whatever it was. Um, and so I brought DVDs. Anyways, uh, I left the DVD case in the room and it wasn't until we got all the way back almost to LA that I was like, holy fuck, I left the DVD case in the room. You telling this. And I called Mandalay Bay and they said, okay, we're sending a, a maid to to go look and they said um you know and they called me back and they're like oh yeah they found it um and i said okay well what do i need to do can you ship it to me and they're like yeah absolutely and they quoted me like twenty dollars for shipping and i was like okay that's fine and i gave them my credit card number over the phone which by the way they never charged for but they fedexed me the case back the case is very heavy the end of this story is that when I got it back, there were about 30 discs missing. I remember. <laughs> I remember. And, um, and I had a list. I had a spreadsheet of my collection. <laughs> of course you did. So I painstakingly went through and created a, a second spreadsheet so that I could, I could find out which ones were missing. Um, oh, and such a G. Uh, there were about 30. And they were large. They were all kid movies. Or Spanish language films. Yeah. And I just thought instantly, I was like, oh, well, someone took these movies for their kid. Right. And, you know, Spanish language, that could be anybody, but it sure. was probably the maid. Sure. Um, I hope that's not inappropriate to say, but I, once I learned no, no, that yeah. it, it was like, it was, it was clearly out of like, oh, I can bring some movies home to my kid. I was like, oh, that's right. wonderful. I don't have any problem yeah. with yeah. that. This is so interesting. Isn't that weird? Get. What's really funny about it is, you, I didn't feel stolen you from. I guess told is the me point. this story around the time it happened, not, oh, right. not on the podcast. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember so specifically because I remember at That's the time funny. it was such a devastating blow. I remember thinking about like oh, my man. movies because you you paid a lot for your movies, and I would yes. I remember going yeah. to Best Buy right. every weekend, twenty thirty bucks, and yeah. buying a couple more movies and like adding to my collection that I wanted to kind of replenish after VHS. Right. Little did I know, as soon as I replenished it completely, I would you know be moving on again. But um. <laughs> We gotta keep, or not. Keep doing I, I decided not to do it. But um, but yeah, I remember you telling me this. And what's really funny is, because time is fucking bizarre. Yeah. Um, if that happened to you in 2009, then we had known each other maximum for a year. Probably a year or a year so and a half. So to think yeah. now, a year. Yeah, you know, a year. over a decade later yeah, yeah. and all this stuff, yeah. to think now about how early that was in our friendship. Yes, very early. And me yeah. being like, and you, one, telling me, and then me being like, oh my God, Kelly. This is devil. You know this what I mean? Like the worst it's kind of funny. Like it's kind of funny thinking back about that. So and and we've but thank changed. You for sharing. We've changed oh, so much. Um, so much. Anyways, uh, yeah. Moving along. The yeah. next movie that next I saw story. is yeah is uh, Parallel Mothers, which is the new. Pedro oh my Amador god! Bar. I forgot we were even talking it's about movies. Fucking amazing. <laughs> wait, wait. What is this one? This Parallel, is Parallel Mothers. Parallel okay. Mothers. This is uh and has a lot of buzz. It this does. Was, it's um, uh. 
So uh, Almodovar's last movie that I saw was Pain and Glory, where uh, Antonio Banderas plays yes. Uh, yes. Uh, a gay director, I think. And, uh, and Antonio's outstanding in that movie. I don't know if I like Pain and Glory more, but I'm just kind of comparing his recent movies. Sure. Um, but I love this movie so much. Parallel Mothers is just like all the other Almodovar movies. It's kind of, you know, on the surface, it feels very melodramatic, but it's really not. He, he is such a, a, a craftsman of um, having really, really, really substantial, um, you know, stories uh, kind of just under the surface. And, um, and, and just wonder, I mean, is the performances of all these people are just beautiful and wonderful. And, and his movies, uh, I would say the word is gentle. His movies are gentle. Um, Ooh, and that's good. I, I just love them. So anyways, please see parallel mothers. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? Um, the star of it who she Penelope got, Cruz. she got it. Thank you. Penelope yeah. Cruz. She was yeah. nominated for an Oscar for this, which is Still a big stunning. Deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. She's stunning. So, um, anyways, so those are a couple that I saw, um, at Alamo that day. I saw the souvenir part two, which is a weird sequel to, uh, an indie movie. <laughs> like imagine a random indie movie and then they make another one <laughs> part two. Yeah. <laughs> That's what um, this is. It's so, so bizarre, but beautiful movie. It is They're strange how some things get made and so many things don't. But. I don't know how this, this, this one is, is uh, Tilda Swinton's daughter, um, and oh. I'm blanking on her name. I didn't know um, her daughter was an actress. She's about 18. I don't think she acts at all until this. And um, I, I talked about the original Souvenir, you know, a year or two ago when it came out, probably two years at least. I talked about it on the podcast, and I, I encourage you to see it because it's in the 80s, and she plays a girl that's in college um, in film school. And so film school is very different in the 80s. You know, there's sure. not as much yeah. stuff. So it's very <laughs> formal and very controlled and, and yeah, film-based yeah. and everything. And uh, and it's just, it's not about her in film school. That's the kind of the background. Um, but it's souvenir. about... Souvenir. What know, is Souvenir 2? Is she out of film school? Is she's she a still filmmaker? in film school, but oh. the first movie covers her, like, um, her... Uh, a time in love with this very toxic guy and then uh. he's out of the picture and this one is her moving along in her in her trauma and her film school at the same time and why wanting to do like a good senior oh, project right and be a good director and like have people co- collaborate with her on okay. her feature or not maybe not her feature but her final you know student project um let me ask you this uh part of a planned trilogy do you think it's or weird do i don't it, i don't think so i think it's done, i was gonna ask I could if, it, be wrong. if it felt like a middle chapter of something that was planned <clears> or <throat> if it felt like they just did one and they were like oh we could do another one there's more story do you think from the beginning they had an idea for a second i think one, they must have had this idea from the beginning but um but i don't think it will continue it it kind of leaves it where she's off on her life and she's yeah. doing her okay. thing so i don't know well, but speaking beautiful of, movies. of uh sequels and trilogies and whatever that yeah. don't make any money and you don't know why yes, they were made, yes. but, but they might be great. Um, the before trilogy oh, God, before yes. sunrise, sun, sunset and, uh, or sunset, sunrise and, um, midnight, midnight. Um, we are, this is the year where they to continue that oh. we should get another one. Now, I have not heard anything and they may not be doing anymore and it may be over after the trilogy. They used to joke that they were going to do this until we're 90. One of us will die because, you know, <laughs> the three of them link later and the, the two actors yeah. all come together and they hash it out together. And it's largely kind of improv, but it's like they work on it as a trio and they all bring elements of their own lives, which is one of the things I really like about this um, to the story. Um, and 
they joked that you know one of them will die and the and then the story yeah. will be about the person dealing with the death. Like it could still go on. Right. And they also used to joke that it was the lowest grossing trilogy of all time. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I right. do wonder one are they doing one because it's not the kind of thing we would necessarily hear about in Linklater. No, they, often, it would just come out. He moves in the yeah. shadows anyway, so they could very clearly have been doing it. Maybe during the pandemic they all. We're working great, on it. That would have been a perfect point. time to do it. That's a great point. Or maybe because of the pandemic, they got thrown off in terms of schedule and stuff. But I'm just you talking about this has made me think about that again, and I really love those movies and the whole idea of them. So uh, I didn't mean to sidetrack you. But, no, that's um, a that good made thought. Me think about that. I uh, I just assumed when uh, Midnight ended that that was it. Um, it but, feels uh, like a finale. Um, and if it is a trilogy, then I'll love that trilogy forever. Sure, sure, sure. But having read an interview that again was off the cuff, it didn't seem yeah. like they were on just the, playfully yeah, stating note. that we would do this. But forever. them talking yeah. about how you know every nine years we'll come back together and we'll sure. do another one, um, it does feel cool. And I'm sure it'd be nice to go make it's another movie with your friends. Midnight to is. go make a nice movie with your friends in a cool location. It's every one of them takes place in a beautiful location. I'd do that forever. Like if I had the means, yep. uh, if you and me could go fucking like, every year and go do that. I mean, yep. this is kind of the appeal in a, a little bit, even though I think there's less substance to these. It's just more fun. But the trip movies that yes. we've talked yes. about, this oh, is, it is very the, similar. You yeah. know, the idea. Anyway, anyway, it's it. Yeah. It's like, it's this, uh, selfish escapism that sure. we, we like and it ends up being um, fun to watch almost because you know they had a good time yes, like you're yeah. almost participating yeah like you, there's not enough drama and story here to really justify <laughs> it but you're like i'm with this i'm, I'm not here down. for rob bryden's uh yeah. his it's uh, nice to have kind of an alternative yeah. you know alternative they are good at imitations both of them though it's crazy uh, moving along i saw american underdog i loved it so much did you see it yet i haven't okay yeah uh, like i said okay. i've seen almost um, nothing i'm gonna but, say i'm gonna say this a few times i'm gonna say it Have surprised me that, it surprised no. me that you <laughs> that you liked it and in a good way. Uh, it's not something from the previews that I expected anything of, but it's cool to hear you. Obviously, I'll, in the I'll context you, of what it is, it, yeah, uh, it was that way it's good. better than it than it that well. It's nice. Is it to way hear. better than it looked. Yeah, I guess I think it's way better than it looked. And I think that the thing that I kept forgetting is how charismatic and wonderful Zachary Levi is. Sure, yeah. And so you, once you get into the groove and you're like, oh my God, this guy is a fucking treasure. He's so wonderful to watch and his personality is so good. And it's why Chuck was so good. That show, yeah. Chuck was not like yeah. a quality yeah. show, but he was just so full of right. heart. Carried it. And so this movie, you know, needs to be about a you know a lot of heart. Um, it's well, that's great. nice to hear, it's man. Really because wonderful. as you know, I love the sports film genre, and we the, don't and this get is nothing a, new. enough good it's ones. The same, it's the same as so all nice great sports movies, but it but this one is just has a little little maybe more heart. Um, I saw Moonfall in an early <laughs> showing. Yeah, uh, me and yeah. Lander went to see it, and it was pretty god awful. Um, I wanted to go was, even knowing it would be crazy. It was but. entertaining. I don't. You think said it looked like shit, though, and I. It is one of the worst me. looking big budget movies I've ever seen. So let me see what I wrote down. Did I I wrote down that it looks like it costs forty to sixty million dollars, <laughs> meaning that that's not very much not, money yeah. for a big blockbuster with lots of CG. That's that's what I would guess. It the the budget of the movie was a hundred and forty million dollars, which is as much or more than virtually every right. big budget movie that comes out. 
and it was shot in Montreal. It is also has no major studio backing. It's an independent That's film. That's shocking. So I think it is, you, uh, at least Wikipedia says, it's the most expensive ind- independently produced film of all time. Um, and, uh, you know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't good. Was it entertaining though? And was there the, the actual, you know, what's crazy? The plot of the movie I like. It's like the what it is actually about. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> no, I'm serious. The plot is I'm good. Like the the day after tomorrow, I didn't like, but right. you could argue that okay, the the plot is good. It I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. it's lack of like it's lack of vision, and then it's the the mechanical stuff. It's like the way it plays out. I guess. Uh, yeah, just how things come together. The people, uh, you know, it's poorly cast. Everyone's phoning it in. It, you know, poor poor performances. No Greenland is what you're and saying. And then, oh my God, Greenland's so good. <laughs> <laughs> we both enjoyed Greenland. Greenland's so hey, good. Hey, listen, um, it, it it will be. It might take down um 2012. 2012 to me that was pretty bad. Was the movie that I remember, regardless of quality. It was shitty but yeah um i remember leaving that movie i saw it at sony at one of the yeah. screenings and the their little cool little screening rooms Thalberg, yeah. and i remember thinking that is one of the worst looking things you know what i mean because i'm not i don't oh, have no, this the, is, I don't this have is the way worse looking than 2012. I, don't, I don't have the year you do but there was a section it's the section where he's driving the um the limo yes away and things are blowing up so a section of that where i was like my god I'm watching not just a video game sequence, but a video game sequence. There was one particular shot overhead in that that I'll never forget. A video sequence that feels like it's on a Nintendo 64. Yeah. It's that bad. So anyway, Moonfall. This, uh, maybe this has take a down. sequence uh, towards the beginning, the big first big CG sequence where um, floods are coming in um, to L.A. And so it's just water over Water's hard to do. Yeah. Water's hard to do. And then boats are kind of like flailing around. And it is 1980s era visuals. <laughs> I'm not talking like, oh, it's of the 2012 sure, ilk. It's sure. like way worse. Right. And, Last Starfighter uh, style. I, ju- I just don't understand how it can be that bad other than it's a miracle. they maybe didn't animate it. You know, different companies get the contracts on different parts of the movie. So like the company that got that contract, maybe they did it a week before or something. I don't know. It's yeah, really terrible. Know. Um, let's move along. Okay. So there've been a, really a lot of great movies I've been seeing. I saw drive my car, which is, um, a Japanese film that's been nominated for a lot of stuff now. Yeah. And little, it's little indie great. darling or Cinderella. And, um, I did not love it. Um, mm. but I will be the first to say that it is wonderful. It just isn't for me as much. Right. I right. absolutely acknowledge that if you see this movie and it is a five star, masterpiece uh i i have no argument with that okay um i i rate it more just on how i connected with it and whether i thought the storytelling was kind of unique or not and um the the story itself um and the plot is kind of mundane in a way um but it is it's a very satisfying movie there's a lot of things in it because i think the japanese culture is just so so rich and wonderful yeah. and and the, and the people in this film are very um uh are very real i mean everything about the movie feels so real right. um but at the same time i just 
it didn't it didn't do anything to really wow me um, in particular. But uh, anyways, okay. any uh, moving on. Um, I saw Scream. Um, and I super enjoyed it. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe we haven't gotten to that, but it's just been a busy time. It's um, it, you know, I enjoyed it because it is um, just like all of them. It's fun yeah, and self-referential and self-aware, and uh, and there's nothing scary about it. There's like no, I don't think there's a single moment in the movie where you know I even begin to start getting scared. Um, but it, uh, is fun. It's truly entertaining and you get a lot of the original people back in some yeah. wonderful. And by the way, uh, David Arquette is wonderful. Yeah. From the trailer, in, I thought he might be pretty cool in this. In older years, he would have been very like goofy campy dooey. and goofy Yeah, and he's not anymore in this. He's very, it's a very rich character. And I don't know if that's because of the David Arquette of it all that David Arquette, I think has like gone sober and so on. Sure, I, don't, yeah. I don't know much about he's him. He's been but, through a lot, man. And you know, he split with Courtney Cox Sibling and all that, that stuff. Died, and, all this um, oh, exactly. Yeah. And I, so I'm thinking like, he's just a very different person and he's really wonderful in it. And he's very like heartfelt and, and, and emotional and interesting. Um, anyways, moving along. He'll always be the, um, personal trainer from Hamlet too, for me. <laughs> Just for oh the my record. god! I forgot Just stating about for that. the record. Wow, it's a really kick-ass sunny day outside. <laughs> yeah, ugh, um, ugh, amazing. Yeah, movie, we live in Phoenix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, oh everybody watching, oh, um, such a dick. I'm such a dick. Uh, next one I saw is GameStop: Rise of the Players, which is a documentary about the. Ongoing GameStop yes, yes, stock yes. trading saga. Um, and if you are not a part of that culture or group that has invested in GameStop or has followed it closely, uh, this is a pretty good summary of what uh, happened uh, over 2021 with GameStop, most notably in, in January and June, but throughout the year of 2021. And then, um, and then the, the, the complaint from the online community rightfully so is that it ends as if the story is over. (laughs) And I think it, I think it's a little bit of a misstep on the filmmakers part, because if you're making, if you're on the side of the, uh, the, the people in your story and, um, you know, even if you don't kind of believe in the movement, you also have to acknowledge that, there, there isn't an end to this story. It's it is on, it is currently ongoing, and you're you're <laughs> releasing a movie about it. Well, <laughs> Kelly, know? give so. it time. Wait for the sequel, and then we'll I, see. God, I hope so. I hope there's a sequel. <laughs> we'll see. Um, the next one I want to mention is the worst person in the world, which uh, I'm very excited to see. It was nominated for for some stuff, um, and this is one of my top like three or five of the year. Oh wow! It's one of my top for the last probably few years. Um, I loved it so, so much. It is, uh, the more I watched it, I was totally engaged and totally engrossed in this movie. Um, and it is, um, it is to me, La La Land without the music. Wow. Okay. It's just a beautifully told story about young people falling in love and a, and a, and a love story, even though it might be a little, you know, trite or whatever it's. It's a beautiful story and it's very honest about like, okay, sometimes things don't work out 
sure. and and <laughs> things change, and then we're devastated, but we move on. And um, and uh, you know, it's it's just about some wonderful young people, and I don't know. I just in LA. I, uh, oh no, no. This is um, they live in um, Oslo. Uh, okay, where is that? Norway. Oh, I mean. Norwegian I'm not interested movie. anymore. So. Um, no, just no, just no. It's it's a uh, it's a subtitled movie. Um, but um, anyways, well, it cool, is man. That's, that's it awesome is to so hear. wonderful. Um, the next one I'll mention is another uh, foreign language film, Flea, which is a, both an animated film, so it's up for best animated feature, or it's nominated, and it's also a documentary. When I heard about this movie. Uh, I heard that it was getting rave reviews, but then I was like an animated documentary. I don't think that's for me. I don't, I don't like the idea of using animation as a filmmaking tool because it's kind of like, well, well, why, why didn't you make a documentary? I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off in the middle of this because I want to hear, obviously you're you're getting somewhere with this, but I will say for no reason at all, (laughs) completely subjective. Yes. I am annoyed by animated documentaries, even though yes. I've seen one or two that I acknowledge were truly great films. Yes. But I'm still annoyed and won't revisit them. <laughs> sure. Waltz with Bashir well, was actually one. Yeah, anyway. That's a, that's a fair point. But I guess what I'm getting at is that I had that same feeling until I watched it. Sure. And okay. I was absolutely taken away. Firstly, when you watch the trailer for it, you're like, okay, is this animation going to like grab me enough? Is it going to be enough? This, this style and this, and it is, it's fucking gorgeous. It's a beautiful, beautifully told movie, but it's more importantly, it's just a very like honest human story that this filmmaker clearly, you know, recorded over many, many sessions and times with, with the, the subject, the, the, the man in question or the guy that is right. the story is about, um, you know, over a very long period of time. And, uh, it seems like he was friends with him from college or something like that. And so he, he really got him to tell his story. And then the story is told in beautiful fashion because, you know, you don't have footage of, of yeah. what they're yeah. telling. Um, and so it's, it's gorgeous. I loved it so much. I highly recommend it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to get to the Oscars section in a bit, but, um, I, that's really my only section I have any gaps in is I got to finish all the documentaries. So, um, and I have to finish everything. (laughs) You'll get there. You you got a month. You got a month. Um, next up last night, it's not even out yet, but last night I saw death on the Nile. I saw an early screening. (laughs) I thought you were Um, saying you'd seen a movie called last night. No, no. Um, (laughs) I really hope this is good, but go ahead and crush me. No, if, not at yeah. all. I enjoyed it. I good. really enjoyed it. Good. And um, Kenneth Branagh is so interesting to me because not only because he's like he's nominated currently for best director for Belfast, and yes. then he has this other movie that comes out that he yes. also directed and stars in. Like that's so nuts to me that he made this this very personal movie Belfast about like a semi-autobiographical movie. And then he makes this one where he's the star. It's a, it's a pseudo sequel to, uh, to murder on the Orient Express. Yes. yes. And, uh, same series of Agatha Christie. Yeah. Uh, you know, who done it. And then, uh, he does death on the Nile and it has this beautiful extravagant trailer that I've seen 7 million oh, times. I'm excited. And then I see, and then I watch the movie and I'm like, this is great. This is exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, you know, a movie like this wins for me as long as it doesn't have like 
really poor performances or mm-hmm. poor dialogue because I almost right. don't care what the plot is. Sure. Yeah. I just don't want anybody to be really stupid. Um, you know where or you're going. A bad actor, and no yeah. one it, it is. It's wonderfully cast. Every, I mean, Gal Gal Gadot is like probably the the least <laughs> like proficient actor. I mean, she, I know she's been in a lot, but we we can I think we can all agree that she's not like an outstanding actor. Right. She's um, fine. She's fine. And she's stunning, and, and that's she's what they put her on. exactly. Yeah, she's elegant. Everyone man. in it is so wonderful. It all of the peripheral characters are wonderfully cast. All, a bunch of people I've never even seen before. And then um, it's very well Aldous written. Snow is actually Dude, in it. Playing. He is the biggest surprise. His so, performance is so restrained can I and say something thoughtful real quick? and wonderful. I saw that he was going to be in this movie, and I was like, that's fine. You know, I really sure. I like him. He makes me laugh, all this sure. other stuff. I was like, that's fine. This might be, you know, whatever. But didn't think much of it. And then they dropped the trailer, and it's only it's only a line, and it's out of context. But there's a oh, what do you want me to in say? the trailer where he says, he what do you want me to he say? He screams it. He is a it very... Is such an effective line delivery. I, dude, I've not seen chills. the movie. <laughs> and in the trailer, I was like, oh, this motherfucker he came it. here he to act. It. He brought it. This, this dude was like, I know what y'all think. Yeah. This is Sasha Baron Cohen no. being in Les, Les Mis, like, where he's like, oh, I'm going to play a character. I'm not going to be a Borat right this now. This is exactly so, what happened with him. Uh, I'm excited what, to see his name again. great. Um, all I can think is Aldous Snow. No, now. what's his fucking name? <laughs> Russell Brand. Russell, Russell Brand. Brand. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, and I'm a no, Russell no. Brand fan. Huge, I just huge, never would have thought uh, of him. I am as too. Acting. But huge props to him because he, I he was probably one of the characters that I enjoyed the most because th- a movie like this is kind of melodramatic. It is big and showy, and it and it's glossy and all this stuff. And he is the most reserved, dramatic focused character in it and there there's one scene in particular but there's a few scenes where it's like you remember when you were just saying earlier about um they just don't make movies where people just like sit and talk you know you're talking about first bueller but yeah he delivers these lines so slowly and thoughtfully he is not rushed by the environment, and obviously Kenneth Branagh knew to you yeah. know, direct him Be- this way. I was going to say, because Kenneth Branagh is an old and old school director, uh, that's it's why. Just, it was so satisfying. And um, I, So the point is, it's not like an outstanding movie. It's not going to win any awards, but it's on the higher end of the rest of movies. Sure, and the good it's movies. And it's beautiful to look at, even though some things are CGI. It doesn't even matter, because the environments are beautiful, all the setups are beautiful, uh, it's stunning production design and, and all of it and wardrobe and um, you have Annette Benning and these people. I mean, it's a wonderful cast. Um, it's, it's a really classic fun. story. It's really from fun. a classic author that did a bunch of classic right, mysteries. Right. And that's great to hear, man. I'm very, I was excited anyway. No, now I'm it, very yeah. excited. And um, also just want to say, because we're coming up on the Oscar section, uh, yeah. Kenneth becomes the first human to ever individual be nominated for seven different Oscar categories. I can't name, I can't name those seven. Okay. But I, I was even know that. I was reading and it was like, wow, he because he's produced, he's directed, he's written, he's acted, you know. He's acted. There's all yeah. these different things. I think that's the thing. Most directors don't act or do all of them for so long. I mean, this right. guy is a guy who rose up through the Shakespearean company. I mean, right. his first huge breakthrough was Henry V playing Henry V. 
uh, in the movie version from 1990 that I became aware of just because when you used to walk through Blockbuster when that existed, <laughs> you would look at cases sure. and it was this bloody guy with a sword. It looked like Braveheart um, on the cover. Um, and it's just uh, it's just interesting, man. I my knowledge of him started because again, Wild, Wild West. Ad- we all know <laughs> no, that's the beginning. Before Wild, that, Wild West, yeah. adult movies uh, that my mom would rent that oh, I would yeah. occasionally catch parts of. Um, he did uh, Dead Again with his then wife. Um, uh, oh God, I'm going to forget now. The love actually, Alan Rickman's wife, and she's in Harry Potter, and she's in what is her name? Oh, uh, uh, Emma, Emma Thompson, Emma Thompson. Yes. That's right. Yes. So, sorry. Uh, that was, that's crazy. That I'm <clears throat> sure, sure, sure. So, and, but they were also in much to do about nothing. Another, uh, version of Shakespeare on screen. Sure. Back in 93, which was Kate Beckinsale's, uh, debut movie. It had Keanu Reeves and Denzel Washington, uh, and the two of them and Michael Keaton and about a million other people who are all huge stars. And I normally would never watch those movies. If I found them now, I wouldn't watch them. But that was kind of my introduction to him. So it's interesting that then later, after he kind of had his heyday in that and very the very Britishness of it all, then he gets in Harry Potter. <laughs> then he directs Thor. You right. know what I mean? Like so one weird. of the more yeah. like he just had he's just had this sprawling career that's kind of taken a lot of different turns, and he's just yeah, kind of I mean, and that's part of. I know Belfast wasn't huge for you, but I, I think it's cool that he's now kind of coming all came all the way back around and not only is he acting as the world's greatest detective not <laughs> yeah. batman mind you yeah <laughs> um the same year that he directs the most probably personal project he'll ever have very it's just, interesting it's a cool yeah. career it's yes. a cool cool i career. agree and i'm glad you like and that's the movie. why everything he does i'll go see because sure. i'm just yeah. interested yeah and he's um, an intelligent talented person yeah so. and he's he's also great in this um so uh next up is the lost daughter which is maggie gyllenhaal's movie uh, watch that on Netflix. Um, that uh, was underwhelming to me. Like the trailer mm. was so wonderful, and I just, I just really didn't connect with it. it. It's not that it's bad. It's got some wonderful performances. I think there's a few nominations there. Olivia Coleman uh, gets a nomination. Excuse me, a nomination, and uh, J- uh, Jesse Buckley, I think. Jesse okay, Buckley yeah, yeah. Also gets she a, definitely does. A supporting actress nomination for it. It's just that it it seemed like the story was more interesting than it was for me. For me, the story was a little lacking, um, but it is very competently made and written by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Well, Netflix um, is uh, bringing out 86 uh, original movies in yes. 2022, <laughs> yes. so there you go. And this this is just like all – I mean, they, they might very likely be just a lot of – good but not great movies um, and, and likely they mostly will ones. be but that's how all studios have really always yeah. done we just remember the absolute knockout, exactly so. um i watched the documentary from many many months ago called 14 peaks nothing is impossible about the guy yeah. that climbs yeah. all the mountains you talked to me about um, this i had i hadn't seen it until recently but uh Lori, uh of course loves it she loves all this man Everest stuff and um i really really uh I think everyone should watch it because it's just a, f- a wonderful feat of humanity that that this team of these Nepalese, you know, uh, uh, mountain climbers um, made it to every one of the eight, over 8,000 meter peaks in the world uh, in six months. The only person to have ever done it at all, ever, was a guy, and it took him 16 years, I think, and it, you know, it was many years ago. Um, I think that's right. Um, and yet they did it in six months. <laughs> so, Jeez. um, 
Uh, it's pretty wonderful. Um, I So that's it for the new movies that I've seen. I just want to mention, though, that because I needed to watch Cobra Kai <laughs> season four, I did, do Cobra, yeah. I did do Karate Kid 2 and 3, which I had never seen. And I did them back oh, to back boy. and oh, really, boy. really enjoyed them. They're both fun. The third one, of course, is crazy. Yes, yes. But, it's, um, but now that I know oh, why so you told thoughts. me to watch it, I'm like, yeah, was I right? Yeah, of course. I mean, when they said they were bringing Silva in, I was like, you have to have the baseline like, this for this such nutty a, fucking batshit. crazy character. What? Um, mm, so, many thoughts. so many thoughts. So this is my note on, on my notes for Karate Kid Part 3. The plot? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, yes. question mark. Because it's like we're, Are we transitioning into TV officially at this point? Um, yes, I think so. Let's and, transition and, into TV. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I just want to say, because we'll start with Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> when when so I told you that and I was like you have to watch Karate Kid sure. three and I won't let just watch season four until she watches Karate Kid three and I told my brother yep. hey refresh yourself with Karate Kid three I did it there's a, I'm gonna talk for a little bit yeah go Kelly's for it. talked about a Cobra, lot of movies Cobra I'm gonna Kai. talk Let's a little bit because I I know Karate Kid and I grew up with Karate Kid <laughs> so Karate Kid is an all time classic adolescent movie in my opinion. Um, it is campy, and that is why Cobra Kai is campy and play. Even for the 80s, there's parts of it that are – it's like the campier teenage version of Rocky in a lot of ways. Totally. Same director and everything, right? Totally. But, but at its core and it, its sentiment of the movie is very universal and something everybody can get behind. And it, you know, it's about believing yourself. And there's a reason Will Smith called the people who own the rights every single day <laughs> you know, for, what, two years to get – that movie for Jaden, even though that's the forgettable chapter of Karate Kid now. Um, it's just a very, very strong story. That said, um, crane kick aside, Karate Kid 2 does something different. And a lot of the moments that people think about for a Karate Kid and even the 80s song that goes along with it, a lot of people think of moments from Karate Kid 2 and kind of associate them and just kind of lump it in with Karate Kid. It's just kind of like the the 10 moments that you remember from the series, you know, seven of them are the original Karate Kid, three of them are Karate Kid 2, but everybody just thinks about Karate Kid. Like the drum, you know, that they go back and forth totally, with. Yeah. That's something that you would see a lot. Um, th- like I said, the song, um, you know, I am the knight, you know, who will fight for your honor, all that stuff, like glory of love and the credits is something people think about from the original and it's actually from the second movie. So there's stuff like that. But I think the second one, the sequel, is a very strong movie and very emotional and powerful when when it's mentor and student. And when they go back to Okinawa and Miyagi has watched his teacher, really his father figure, die and he's gone back to the love that he left so he wouldn't have to battle his best friend. I mean, this is all melodrama, of course. I understand there's a cheesiness to this, but there's a moment in that movie where Daniel sits next to. Mr. Miyagi and basically tells him about his father passing away and they're looking out on the water. And I think more than even the acting, more than the performances, but, but it's the marriage of the two, the music that's playing the music and the score is so strong in the karate kid movies. And it's just, I, I like well up when, when that moment happens, then karate kid three comes around. (laughs) And, and I think again, in order to, in order to establish a baseline, there's not, Many places you could go. Karate Kid does work in that um, structural way that we always say a trilogy needs to work. You're right. It goes full circle. It comes back around because we're back for the All Valley, right, to defend the title. Yeah, like yeah. We, we are doing the thing that, you know, Star Wars does and Indiana Jones does and, you know, all these movies do. 
Um, but the original idea for Karate Kid 3, because there really was no place to take it. Daniel won the All Valley, and then he went to Okinawa and saw where his you know, mentor learned and he fell in love and it's a beautiful love story of, you know, adolescence, but it's also, he fought for his life, right? Instead of being in the tournament, I mean, it's literally what is Miyagi say, this not tournament, this for real, right? Before he goes in there and it's like, (laughs) he's going to try to kill you. So I hope I've, you know, your mom will probably not forgive me since you got on a plane with me to come. Anyway. um, But the third movie was going to be the plot of, Ninja Turtles 3. No way. <laughs> I just want to say this because in Ninja Turtles 3, for those of you who aren't big fans or don't remember, they literally time travel and they fight in ancient, uh, actually, was it ancient Japan or was it, it might have been China. I feel which like is it was racist. China. Yeah, because Miyagi is not from China. But either way, um, the, the, the way that they were going to time travel rather than the device that the turtles use is... Daniel or someone was literally going to get hit on the head and they were going to, oh my God. I don't know if it was a dream. Scene. Anyway, the good news is they didn't do it and they recycled that idea to become Ninja Turtles, which, That's which happens more than you would think, at least it used to in the eighties because die hard with a vengeance was also originally a lethal weapon script right before they changed the characters. And you could see how that plot would work, but I digress. Karate kid three <laughs> ends up being the return home. Daniel no longer needs to fight or prove anything. However, it's really kind of, Crease's story, right? And he's distraught now and he's been destroyed because Cobra Kai is no longer the baddest in the valley. And here comes Terry Silva, who is literally a character. He's a one of one. All the crazy shit that happened in the 80s, all of the cocaine fueled ideas, nothing touches this guy to me. Yeah. Like when you watch him and Craig, <laughs> he's so perfectly like Nick Cage-ish yes. in his own way. Yes. And when I watched this movie as a seven-year-old, nothing silly about it. He was fucking terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. And and there are still moments, as crazy as this movie is, when he's having Daniel hurt himself in that there are moments of this that are unsettling. Like genuinely now, me watching this now as a 38-year-old man, I can tell you there are moments of this that are distur- disturbing. <laughs> Because he fucks with Daniel so psychologically. Yeah, yeah. It goes so dark He's in parts so of this. He's so evil. Even though he is hilarious. I mean, all of his wah stuff is ridiculous. So anyway, you need that as a baseline for Cobra Kai 4. But then Cobra Kai 4 starts. And I was like, hold the fucking phone. He's doing something totally different. <laughs> like he's found yoga and w- whatever, and he's changed his life. And he actually acknowledges, because it's kind of the only way to move forward, he acknowledges in the show, spoiler alert, he's like, look, I was snorting so much cocaine up my nose. Ladies, <laughs> he does say that. I tried to destroy a teenager. <laughs> Who does that? But I yeah, was. He goes right back spoiler, into Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, yeah. I was so happy that by the end, after literally somehow making it believable what happened in Karate Kid 3, <laughs> they literally took a hard right and they were like, fuck you guys. We're going completely fictional and fantasy-wise again. I mean, it's it makes no sense, the last turns of this movie or this show for season four. But I'm into it and it's all they've done and they're oh, doing so what Fast and the Furious does where every villain becomes like almost a good guy because another villain becomes a worse villain from Johnny to Kreese to now to Silva. I mean, who knows? Like Kreese may end up joining Eagle Fang at some point and like right, changing right. the whole game. But it's just been such a fun, wild, stupid ride. 
um, that has these moments that are so heartfelt. I mean, when Robbie is talking to the kid that he's tried to train to help him and yep. he realized he's going another direction. I mean, and also Jess like overheard and kind of peeked her head in because I was watching this on my own to the moment where he like points to his chest and he's like, I've had so much pain where he's talking to his dad. Uh, uh, there's just moments where it's just like, wow, they really did they do some real shit here? Because one minute we're jumping off a roof, right? Where there's a mattress at the bottom, which is the <laughs> dumbest. Like, she's like, I'm going to fucking this? do it. I'm going to do oh it. Oh my God. Um, anyway, I love it. I love it. I love it. I still love it. I don't know where we're headed. Miguel going to Mexico to look for his dad. I don't know where right. we're headed. Um, it's gone off the rails in some ways, but at the same time, it's been off the rails the whole time. Yeah, no, it, it was never so much fully fun. on. I think, and, it, I think it's following the same rails yeah, that it's always yeah. been on. Right. Exactly. And, exactly. Uh, you either dig I'm it or you don't. It. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm there a hundred percent. I don't want even a second there. There's no room for two shows like this in the world, but I'm glad we got the one. <laughs> yeah. That's all. I'm, and I'm so yeah. happy you what you did your homework. Oh yeah. I wasn't going to watch two and three. Before, that's why it took me a few weeks. Because, but, oh uh, boy. Was, yep. Oh man. Oh wow. That's mm. the best. Anyway. Um, so much fun. Okay. Other TV. We binged all the new season of queer eye. That was really good. Um, Jess loves it. There's a new South Park happening now, which is really exciting. Um, and by the way, the one that aired uh, yesterday, today's Thursday, yesterday has a lot of um, Lord of the Rings in it. So okay. I well, think we're going to talk about this in the news segment. You need to watch uh, to this new South Park. I'll check it out. The, the, I love the, South Park. The so overall no premise of this second episode of this new season, which by the way, it's on HBO Max now, uh, South Park. Um, oh, nice. Okay, is perfect. so delightful and so well done. Uh, I laughed really hard, even though I didn't get all the. I enjoyed their pandemic, the, spe- uh, pandemic special, Lord too. of the Rings stuff. Yeah, I didn't get, but but you will, um, you will, Kelly. Soon enough. So yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> moving along, there's a it's new, all happening. New season of Resident Alien that's been really funny. Yeah, um, we started that back up. I still enjoy it. I still maintain that it might be the most perfect vehicle for a single actor <laughs> that I've ever seen. Not yeah. to say that it's the greatest show ever, but it just couldn't be more exactly for this one person. Sure. Um, I, I I'm holding off on two shows until the end, but I just want to mention that. Um, a couple of shows started back up billions, which I've always been a fan, a fan of. And, um, Damien, <laughs> I am a Dam- fan of billions as well. Yeah. Kelly, I wish <laughs> I had Damien Lewis left the show. Um, you know, he was, the oh, I didn't know that star of, yeah, I knew he was, uh, yeah, you but, know, who he, is. Yeah. um, <clears throat> he left the show and I don't know what happened first, but you know, COVID happened and they were, you know, fucked up their filming, but, um, his wife died like six or nine months ago. Yeah. And I think he left around that time. And so obviously that's very sad and, and there, there's no reason that he should have kept right, on the right. show, um, but they wrote him out. And, um, <clears throat> uh, Corey stole, I think is his name, that bald guy that's in everything. Um, he was in like house of cards and a bunch of, I think that's his name. Corey stole. Um, he kind of took his place and, uh, and I just have given up on the show. I just don't oh, drag man. Um, which by the way is the same thing that I feel after one episode of raised by wolves season two. I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad uh, I didn't give it a, uh, shot a then. switch turned off where I went. I don't fucking care. And I'll tell you that I the, got there the, around seven episodes. The main reason that I switched like that, I went through the whole first season was because this new season seems very like low budget uh, so far. Ugh. 
There's some visuals that are just god awful. I don't think it looks particularly good. Where I remember the first season like looking good. For, look, it, it, it was it technically great. very yeah, it good. Looked great. It wasn't that. Good. It was just that the like story wasn't so great. Honestly, the story was good right up until towards the <laughs> for me. Sure, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. went out yeah. later. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Well, sure. I haven't. Uh, I I gave up, so I I have no other uh, knowledge of what's going to happen in that show or whether it's worth watching. Um, but I will say that, um, there are a couple of shows. Oh, I also gave up on Snowpiercer. I've been a big advocate for Snowpiercer (laughs) and, uh, I think it's really top notch sci-fi this new season. I got an episode or two in and was equally just like, I don't care that I, I might be the mood that I'm in, but I think more so that there's just so much fucking TV and I'm getting annoyed by how much there is. And I'm trying to watch everything. And those are all my problems, I admit. But the bigger thing is uh, a a very serialized show like this, if you you leave for a year, you know, in between seasons. Yeah. And then you come back and you expect people to be right in the headspace of when they left the show – I just don't think that's good writing. I think that that's a little self-involved. I think that's that's I think that's how discovery also functions. Oh god. Um which is that the writers are like too high on their own their own you know creation. Yeah. Uh because you know I watch Snowpiercer these new episodes and I'm like, "Oh man, I just I don't really remember the dynamic that we're in because it's all so fucking convoluted." that I, I there are just a few things that I like and they're very simple pleasures. I like that this is a dystopian show where there's this train going around the world and you come right back into all this interpersonal drama. And I'm like, I, I don't, which is exactly the same thing in Discovery, right? right? Yeah. It's the same yeah. problem, which is that they've got all this money and they've got all this great stuff, beautiful sets and interesting premise and they're squandering it by just focusing on drama between characters that in the real world I just don't think would occur. You're it's it's a dystopia. The last what 5000 people on the planet live yeah. on Snowpiercer. <clears throat> right. And I just don't buy it. Um I, you know, and maybe that's being naive or something, but I just um you know, I, I just think that the writers just like live these stories. They just are constantly thinking about them and uh, they just go in the direction of just all this bullshit. And it's like, no, I want to see people doing things, you know, working on the train, working together. I want, and that's why I loved Lost in Space so much. Yeah, you because were saying, it got I come rid back to of the drama and it focuses on, you know, drama. Okay, so here's the way to look at it, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not a writer. The drama needs to come from the outside. It has to come from the outside. Yeah, you're, actually, you're in space. Yeah, you're actually talking about one of the first things that when you even just creative writing, but they kind of, they break down for you. Obviously, there's a lot of ways to break down stories and decide sure. what boxes things fit in. But people always talk about, is it is it um, story driven or is it character driven? Right? right. Doesn't mean you're not going to have some of both on, on oh, everything. Br- I, yeah. I got However, it. yeah. The stories that I really love tend to be story driven. Right. I, I want to develop good characters. And of course that matters and everything else, but I, that's part of genre stuff. I think yes. is often 
something crazy has happened in the world or we're exploring something incredible. Yes. Now, of course, the character stuff is going to happen as we're exploring that. But if the moon praxis didn't explode in yeah. undiscovered country, yeah. there'd be no reason for us to get back on the ship, even though we're old and it's going to come up with right. the original crew. I'm talking about Star Trek six, if you don't know. <laughs> um, and same thing with Star we Wars. If, if it wasn't for the empire and the force and everything pulling Luke, of course, Luke is dreaming of going somewhere, but these things are story driven. And I do agree with you that, particularly with something like discovery. And I assume with Snowpiercer yes. because again, that's, that's what the movie, the movie Snowpiercer, it's certainly story driven. You know what I yes. mean? It's like, it's what's happening to these people and they, a riot starts and that's what right. pulls everything along. So yeah, I think the star Trek's always been in a way about the interpersonal relationships, but it's never been to the detriment of the exploration. Yes. It's a story about, discovery can you imagine if like and going when luke there. saved leia in a new hope when he opened the door and he took off his mask and he said i'm here to rescue you yes and she sat there and was just so distraught from the trauma of life that she couldn't get off the bench sure. and just needed to stay there sure. and think for a while. Sure. Like that's what I feel like these yeah. shows are doing. Or if, where you're just like, you just need to get up yeah. and you need to escape. Yes. You need to get out of this building. <laughs> and these shows Man, are this so is, steeped this in is a the little bit. emotion and the drama that right. is so unrealistic to the <laughs> setting. Well, I think it just takes too long. They're staying with it too long. They're mining it too deeply, is it a, right? Is it a function of... It's probably a function of budget. Because uh, that's what I think with Snowpiercer. I, I watched the first couple episodes, and I'm like, okay, nothing is happening. There is no real forward momentum with any of the, the, the stuff that's happening in the show or stuff that needs to further the, the plot. So we're just living in these like close quarters with this person and this person and this person and this person. And we're just back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, okay... All I can assume is that they cut their budget and they went, okay, we need to stretch Could be. these dialogue Could scenes be. and these, these you know, bits I'm, of drama. I'm playing devil's advocate episodes. a little bit, but, um, but the, not that this has to be this way. And I would say it's less this way with television than it's ever been before. But you're touching on part of, I think, fundamentally, why I am at the end of the day by nature a movie person over a TV person. Yeah. In most cases. Yeah. Like you just were talking about the example of Star Wars. I would say the example is they escaped the Death Star. Luke's sitting at the weird, you know, chess table. Yep. And Leia comes and puts her arm around him. And there's a lot of memes about this or whatever. But he says, I can't believe he's gone. And that's Obi-Wan who's just been killed. And at that moment, which is all you need, you see the devastation of someone who had a family that was killed, but really never really had a family. Finally, someone came to his life who kind of, it made sense, right? Like things kind of clicked and it made sense. And this was a person he was going to go on this journey with. And then he's pulled away from him. All you get is that one line and it's all you need. Yeah. And the right, character moment hits and it's brilliantly done in a very efficient way. And literally Han runs around the corner and he says, we come on kid, we're not out of this yet. Yeah. And you, back and you to move the on. story. Yeah. So, yeah, right. And you yeah, know, that's with, a great with analogy. movies, you yeah. often get that. In fact, at this point, we movies probably do that too much. much. Right. <laughs> so again, there is a balance. I know I was just complaining about this, but no, yeah. TV lends itself to, it gives characters more time to develop and that's good. I understand why actors like it. They get to live with the character and flesh yeah. it all out. Yeah, yeah. 
but to me, there are always lulls. And with most of the history of TV, there have always been filler episodes. Even when a show did yes. something well, I, I, like yeah, Next yeah, Generation, yeah. which you and yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. we could always tell when it was a filler episode. And they just were like, you know, we just got to do one. This happened with Lost. This happened with 24 episodes where you would have 16 episodes that were great and you'd have eight that it was like we need 24 because is it it's weird a that I, I separate all of those because they're not sci-fi no it's not weird like because i again am okay sci-fi, with like yeah. okay we're in la and we're a crime sure. procedural and so on and so forth or not procedural but you know what i mean it, it, the setting yeah. and the environment yeah. and the genre that you're playing in to me is so important no you're right because and the genre like, yeah, itself sopranos obviously a lot of people are going to talk yeah. and they're going to discuss and it's going to be about people and that should be character driven that's about the family the crime right. family but, but if, no you're right the I, genre itself lends itself I think this is part of the reason that at least me but probably you and me both I really love fantasy and sci-fi because I am more of a story driven guy when you get into these genres so much of it is about the world the world building whatever you create the story of course has to be good enough to take you through it sure but the surrounding world and where we're going and what we touch on and what we see is at least part of the appeal right like if if you're into sci-fi and you're not interested in that stuff then it almost doesn't make sense that you would be a sci-fi fan yes i do think a lot of sci-fi and fantasy and stuff can go the wrong way because it can lean into that too much because that's an easy thing to do but at least then you're in service of the genre i do think like you said if you're not using any of that kind of what's the point unless it is like you said a budget thing i think we can all acknowledge small independent films yeah that may take place mostly inside of a room yeah you have to use it efficiently because that's but that's a creative solution to a problem that's not you know just bad storytelling so anyway tangent um no that's i agree with you that's all very fair well uh, in in other news though uh have you watched any of 1883 no because you haven't even watched Mm -hmm. yellowstone that's Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah. so i just want to put out there that 1883 is fucking phenomenal i love it so much it's so much better than i ever thought it would be a spinoff show like this where you have two not strong actors as the leads um, like Tim McGraw is not particularly strong in anything. You know, he did Blindside and he's done Great some other Friday stuff. Night Lights. A lot of football um, movies before this. But uh, he's fine. And then like Faith Hill is along for the ride. Uh, I don't think she's acted before. They're both doing wonderful jobs. And then the show itself is like just wonderful Western storytelling. It's one of the most compelling like Western stories I've seen. And I haven't seen a lot of Westerns. But I guess my question is, are there other Westerns that focus on like the westward expansion, like literally following a family over long periods of time across the plains and the mountain? Like, has that been done before? Yeah, so like, like what how, movies are that? How the West would, was one would be like the kind of the big one. And um, what era, what year is that Made from? in the 60s, 60s. early 60s. Okay. Ironically, it's Kevin Costner. At least in some oh, one cool. interview I watched, yeah. named it as his favorite film of all cool, time, cool, or at yeah. least the movie that influenced him the most. He saw it as a kid. It's kind of like his Star Wars yeah, from yeah. here, Back to the Future for you. How the West was one. Um, okay. How the West was one. And now this one, it follows a couple of families in threads. Yeah, but they overlap some, and and they're all part of that expansion. That is part of the. But yeah, there have been several kind of well, wagon you know trail. What? No matter what you name, it doesn't matter because they're not a ten hour. Yeah. No TV that I could television name. story, sure, you know. Sure. 
Um, like I really loved Hell on Wheels when that was on. Right, but like yeah. Hell on Wheels took place like in the town. Yeah, and Deadwood, same thing. Know, same Deadwood's thing. Yeah, the they, these Western TV shows take place in a town. So to have a sprawling epic cool. that is on location cool. across the plains, like there's no fucking green screens on this show. You know at what? all. This is this is they uh, are in the fucking yeah, that's awesome. real shit. I know I sound full of shit because I literally still haven't watched one episode of Yellowstone or this. <laughs> yeah. But when I tell you that I am, I don't know when it'll happen because I'm waiting <laughs> until I can really jump on it. Yeah, yeah. But I am and continue to be very excited yeah, to cool. watch this at some point simply because more than any other show I've probably ever heard of, there are more people, probably still only like five or six of you, but there are more people who are into different things. Mm. whose taste I don't think would overlap. <laughs> yeah. You, for example, I would not peg for a Western fan anyway. Right, I mean, we've right. talked about it. Yeah, but, not, it's not my favorite. But there are more people who like this who are just into different things yeah. than probably anything else I've ever watched or wanted to watch. So I'm very excited. And as you know, I love Westerns, one of my all-time favorite genres. I just think so you'll I'm love excited. this. There have been some outstanding scenes and sequences in 1883, obviously Sam Elliott's wonderful, and just the whole supporting he cast. He was the, made to be the, in a western. The, 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 there's a young woman, I think she's probably about 20 or 18, who plays their daughter, and she's really the main character of the show, and uh, she's just doing wonderful work. She's, again, supposed to be pretty young, but but uh, a wonderful actress. And um, I just I can't wait to see where they go with it and that how many seasons they have planned for it. I don't know. Whatever yeah. they do is fine with me because it's just like keep keep going across the plains, <laughs> like keep going, right. and right. you know, new new, you know, like okay, a whole hour episode might take place in one place, you know, that they're set up for camp, and who knows, maybe between this week and next week, they've only moved a few, you know, uh, miles. And so it's like they could do this forever. They're yeah. going yeah. thousands of miles. Sure. You know, they could. This is could Oregon be a Trail. Five season TV story show. just yeah. moving along. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, there's it's dysentery. Funny. We, there's broken we can, wheels. We can make there's fun, everything. We can make fun of that. But there's a reason that Oregon Trail is such a memorable game. Yeah. I mean, it's a simple premise, right? But it's a compelling yes. base idea. Yes. And yes. The, the myth of America is it. go West young man. Yes. That, that is our mythology. Like yes. that we are the Westerns and as much as Europe is the Knights in shining armor and armor and the far East is samurai or whatever, you know, whatever it's you want to name. Uh, that story. is our mythology yeah. in the West. So um, anyway, we're in LA. We can't pull over any farther. <laughs> we can't we're already, go any further we can't west. Go any further. We hit the water, um, bro. Okay, so we should. And I know you'll have some TV, but we should just overlap with Book of Boba Fett. Did you watch all of them? Yeah, just finished. Cool. Last right night. Right on. Um, I, you know, Boba Fett. I can't objectively defend the way I can Mandalorian. Yeah, but. I just enjoy both of these TV shows, and yeah. I hope I enjoy Obi-Wan the same way. Right. It's not that it's not flawed in some ways. It's not that it's perfect. It's just it's still so, so, so far superior than <laughs> – I won't just say the movies, but at least the Skywalker saga, what they were trying yeah. to continue to yeah, do. Yeah. Now, Boba Fett has done the thing, which I'm afraid Mandalorian is doing too, which I was really hoping they wouldn't do, which is once again shrink the universe – and somehow reincorporate yeah. Luke and the Skywalkers and all the stuff they always say they're going to do different and go out. Right. They're bringing it back in. But at least we go back and forth with these. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, as much as they've... Boba, you know what? Boba Fett, Mandalorian is like Rogue One to me 
in that it is its own freestanding story and it's different and it's yeah. something whether you like it or not it's like oh i want them to try stuff like that boba fett is the han solo movie mm-hmm. N- again not in quality not and i like them the same but it's one i didn't ask for yeah it's the it's retroactively changing but you know boba fett was cool because he was this badass bounty hunter even if he's found a new lease on life i mean i think they are trying to address this because the uh, the badass you know i can't remember his name um who's going to gun him down says, what's your angle? You know, he's trying to figure out his angle. At least they acknowledged it a little bit in that. Like, but Boba Fett has now become this reluctant hero. That's trying to build like community community. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with the character that we all fell in love with, with the action figure and everything else. But I'm there for it. I don't like, I don't care. Yeah. One way or the other, what what they do with that character, that doesn't bother me I bring it up because these are things that I would normally bitch about. Yeah. And I wouldn't, and, and if someone else bitched about them, I wouldn't, refute them I, right. I wouldn't take the time to be like no here's why however like i said i'm there for it i'm enjoying it uh i, I like liking star wars i always want to love star wars yeah. i am a fan more than a critic i've never sought to be the bitching old you know shaking my fist guy so it's fun to enjoy these um and they're simple i they're just simple think that the episode more specifically um I just think the episode that Bryce Dallas Howard directed in the middle of the season that was the first one where we saw the Mandalorian again because, of course, he yes. we didn't see him the, for the first, what, three episodes and then the fourth or fifth episode yeah. was her episode. And then... I didn't think we were going to see him at all during yeah, this I didn't show. either. And that whole episode that was all Mandalorian and it, it was it was a bit longer of an episode. It was like 45, 50 minutes. We get uh, so many different things happen in that episode. The duel it's with the really, Darksaber. There's just so much. And being kicked and, out for taking um, off his helmet. And then doesn't he also build the ship in that same episode? And like he, it's all in that episode. I think that's the I think one it's also the where he goes episode. to Grogu. Maybe that's the next one. Yeah, that's, that's the next one. The next that's one. the next one. But, but he builds the ship by the end of but. That shipbuilding and then his meeting the other Mandalorians and her making the yes. shirt and all the steps that he went through there and everything else that happened in that episode, I just thought it was an absolute masterpiece of an episode. And then, like like you say about all the rest, it's like the all the other episodes, I just kind of am like, I'm on board, right. I'm having fun. But that one that yeah. she did... I just think is outstanding. I was just glued to it. And I was like, oh my God, if you could just keep making this show, you know, uh, because the Boba Fett episodes have been, you know, a little, a little underwhelming. They're fine. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the most you can ask for though, or or really expect occasionally you're going to find an absolute masterpiece, but if a show can deliver on one or two per season, if the season is seven or eight, wow. For sure, and then the as long and then the other six or whatever it is are good, they're fun, yeah. they're fine. Yeah, that's I mean, kind of. I mean, what else? I can guess you that's really, a good ratio. Are, yeah, everything's sure. made by human hands, so like, sure, there are exceptions. Yeah, you know, we occasionally get the Godfather or you know right. whatever you want to say, the Wire, whatever you want to name. But you know, if you want to be, if you're enjoying stuff and you're rooting for stuff, like, I think that's kind of the most you can hope for, that's and that's why fair. I think they're hitting it out of the park because I just think. They're achieving what you can realistically be optimistic and hope for. And I don't I like being negative, but uh, I will say that it, it's very clear to me that Robert Rodriguez, who has a long storied career and he deserves a lot of respect for what he's brought to the filmmaking genre and the indie filmmaking, you know, uh, community and all of this. 
I just think his episodes kind of suck. I, I just think he, there's he's something a surface filmmaker severely lacking in his ability that they're giving him this ability because he's close with these guys. Like they're all friends I know. And, and you know, he deserves some credit for something, but his episodes well, are not good. <laughs> look, he, 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 he is good at what he does in the way that, um, no, wait, 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 just let yeah. me, let me finish the thought. He is good in what he does in the way that Michael Bay is good at what he does. <laughs> no, and, and I mean yeah. this sincerely. When I watched a video once that kind of broke down the, the Michael Bay move and the Michael Bay style yeah. and how other people have tried to emulate that and why Michael Bay is better at it. Like yeah. it's still melodrama. It still can. Yeah, yeah. To me, Rodriguez is uh, of the cut of director that Snyder is. Right. Where there, if you scratch through the surface, man, it, it's hollow. There's nothing down there. Yeah. It's why he's not, he's not a writer. He's not like a storyteller in that way. Right. right. But, but he of course understands visual storytelling i mean i'm not saying he's the absolute master of it but like come on but i think particularly the 90s when he got launched i don't know if it was a simpler time or we've evolved as audiences or what but there was a lot of that there was a lot of you didn't have to have all of these directors you mentioned snyder uh michael bay rodriguez and others one thing is and emmerich by the way yeah well one thing is very common uh, that their first outing or their firsts, you know, in the mm-hmm. business tend to be very um, kind of focused, uh, relatively interesting projects. You know, you have, uh, you know, Bad Boys with Michael Bay. Right. Right. You have uh, Stargate with Emmerich. You have yep. Robert Rodriguez. You would have Desperado, Desperado or El Marachi uh, first, and then yeah. Zack Snyder. I'm not sure what it would be, but it would 300. be 300. That was oh, the one. There you go. Well, he did yeah. Day of the Dead, but or Dawn of the Dead. I would but say the uh, remake. But 300 was like his project. Did you get him? Um, did you get him? I think so. Um, and yeah, so the, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's they they have this ability when they're starting out where they're. Their their minds are not bigger than their stomachs or whatever the phrase is where they haven't gotten into the budgets of their later movies because once you give these people lots of money and power, right, right. they make absolute fucking messes of movies. <laughs> I mean they do. Every single one of them, all of their later stuff as they get older, their movies get just – worse from kind of a, a story standpoint or yeah. a, and and then they're they're they just kind of get overinflated and it's well most directors really yeah. do that i mean honestly this is why any director with staying I mean, yeah, power you, you could say that about like is the great know, exception Player of the one movie. with spielberg because most people at the end of the day even when they're really talented they only have a handful of stories in them or yeah, one. I mean, right. look, man, George Lucas had one story in it. Right. Totally. You know what I mean, one, like, yeah. I mean, like yeah. it got told over and over again, but, but this know. is exactly my, this is my point is that we're not talking about a Robert Rodriguez vehicle. We're talking about a show where each episode, yeah, it's a yeah, different yeah, director and they right. are making choices. Sure. And so I'm upset that they're making this choice to put him in charge of multiple episodes when, I, I just hope they realize that, like the Bryce episode, which by the, I I don't know if I've said this on the pod, but that that episode that Bryce first directed in Mandalorian, um, which was like the Water Planet episode. I, yeah, people talked a lot of shit about it. That was they didn't the like worst yeah. episode yeah. of that season, and I was the first one to say she doesn't have what it takes. Right. Yeah. But what is very clear to me, unlike some like somebody like Robert Rodriguez, is that she is she's still a young director. 
And she has learned an enormous amount about storytelling right. and about character and about, you know, warmth and all of these things. And these other people are not coming from that same place. She, she uh, deserves to be kind of well, just <laughs> how involved are you? I can't remember. Cause I watched all the behind the scenes for the first season of Mandalorian, but how involved are the filmmakers for their episode with the story? I know they're probably I know, like all directors are minimal. working on it. Yeah. But if the story has been written, but at least some of it, think about it the other way. They're hiring these directors and assigning them to episodes. That's, that's where I was going. So, so yeah. my point is, don't you think there's some like I think first of all the idea of Rodriguez is a little cooler than Rodriguez and I love love him I'm a fan for that reason but don't you think they gave him the showdown that is the 90% Westerns, yeah. 90% showdown yeah, it's yeah, 90% yeah, gunfight yeah. because of that like sure I, I feel yeah. like yeah he is their friend and he is talented in his way yeah. and there are certain things that he cannot do he's not a director where you can just give him any of the episodes of the season like maybe a Taika or you know whoever you might right, want to say right. they could just crush it and bring cooler stuff to it than it was even originally intended to do right but also if they're going to give him that one or what I know they gave him more than one but if they're going to give him that one I feel like okay I do think they know what to assign him. They're like, okay, this is his yeah, strength. Yeah, that's Let's all at least fair. give him that. That's all fair. And I don't disagree with you. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. Yeah, but, I, know, um, I know, I know, but, but I know. But I hear what you're saying. Well, at the end of the day, the season was was enjoyable. And, you know, obviously we're going to get another Mandalorian season soon. And, I mean, it was cool to see, you know, Luke, right? I'm going to just say it like if you, you know, sure. Luke is in this season. Um, and training and everything, even though they're it's right on the nose and they're playing the hits. I mean, in some parts they actually literally – <laughs> copped entire yeah, lines yeah, yeah. word for word um but yeah it's still it's cool it's cool to see him with you know that was little, uh computer generated mark hamill not real mark hamill i did not know that they had not yeah. just done his face i did not so did not realize it's um it's impressive yeah, so it's that. a it's a d it's as far as i know it's a version of deep fake face meaning it's not de-aged mark hamill it's other person with another with a, with a with a sure. fake old young Mark Hamill put on top, and then the voice is also an AI based algorithm Jesus based Christ. voice. Which um, wow. yeah, the voice is a little stilted, but like the combination of the much better face CG and you know the voice yeah. is uh, pretty compelling. It's stuff's it's only going to get better. Man. It's pretty close. The stuff's only going to get better. Close. It feels it's, good. It's crazy. Yeah. It's uh. It's uh. Anyway, um. What what other TV you got? I watched Murderville and I watched uh, After Party. Have you seen either of those? <laughs> um, so I wa- I've watched a couple of Murdervilles. Um, I have not watched the Marshawn Lynch one, but Listen, I heard that one's the best one. So it is. It makes no. Marshawn yeah. Lynch has no right to be as good I, no. as he is. First of all, let me just say I wanted he's to see Conan because I love Conan, and I wanted to ones. see Annie Murphy because I was like, I love Annie Murphy. I don't know that I'm going to do all of these. Because after I watched the Conan one, I was like, I don't know that I can watch all of these. I don't know that I care about. I like this in concept, but the execution of it is. I, I don't. I can't imagine it I being. I felt better, the so, same way, and I wouldn't have gotten through all of them if Jess didn't want to watch all of them. That said, right. that said, the two, <laughs> the ones that are the closest to Conan's in regards to you just laughing yeah. at moments are Kamal's. Okay. Which is better than it should have been, mainly because he keeps cracking up. I, I hear but that. But when I yeah. tell you that it is it's just funny watching someone else laugh when it's genuine. <laughs> and you you will laugh harder at that one. And um the other one is um what's his name? The hangover the uh, doctor Oh, um, Ken Jong. Yeah. It, the, the, his also, it's not stunning. If you're gonna watch one of those, Kamal's is better, but yeah. in the same way he keeps getting cracked up, they can't keep it together. 
And in that way, though, I would if I had told you from the beginning, okay, watch three of the, or four of these, right? Sure. It would have been Conan, those two, and more than any of them, not because it's the funniest, but because, again, Marshawn Lynch can have a film career if he wants. <laughs> I'm not saying he can play everything. Sure. Just, he is charismatic enough, and he is somehow able to roll with it as if he took a bunch of drama classes. <laughs> I, how you can come in as a football player right. and hilarious. not just go toe-to-toe no, with I'm someone who does it one. for a living, but outshine him. Like, yeah. He actually takes the pass and turns it and makes it something different and throws it back. Like, yeah. and I'm sitting there and we just kept looking at each other. And we were like, this motherfucker, like, what is he do- Like how, <laughs> like we could not believe. Yeah. That's what I keep hearing. That yeah. he was good at this. I'm excited. He's supposed to suck. That was supposed to be the week episode right. where they brought in someone different. Right. To kind of make fun, poke fun at, oh, let's bring in an the athlete. The least enjoyable yeah, one. Right. Well, anyway, it's fine. It but, matter, yeah. but yeah, check that one out. If you're not going to watch any others, watch that one. Um, and After Party is just fun. It's not anything anybody I've has heard of to this. watch. It's on Apple. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, the interesting thing about it is it's one of those stories where it's like, we got 10 characters. It's a murder. We're going to tell you from 10 different perspectives, right? Yeah. Each episode, a different character. What's fun about it, though, is it actually dives into a different like genre of filmmaking for each perspective. So in addition to being a character's perspective, you get the musical episode and you get the rom-com episode mm-hmm. and you get the action episode, you know, and sure. the murder mystery episode. All these different episodes and just a lot of fun characters, a fun ensemble. Dave Franco is the rich star who has been killed, but you get him in all the uh, the flashbacks. flashbacks and yeah. he's, he's just so much fun. He's playing like a sort of a vanilla ice modern day cool. uptake type of character and it's dumb and there's nothing amazing about it but he just cracks me up it's another thing that's really really funny those are the only ones i wanted to mention no, that's cool that's on my um, list yeah so worth uh, worth um, checking out well that's cool i think that's uh it for tv let's rattle news. through some news 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 um i just want to mention that i missed uh, peter bogdanovich last episode he died on my birthday he's a, a director that's pretty prolific that um oh my god yeah and, uh, and one of the biggest film fans and film nerds he's film one bu- of the first buff, people yeah. to like do criticism while also making movies and know the history of things there's a famous yeah. interview where he's interviewing john ford and it's incredible because he's this 60s kind of new hollywood wave director right. interviewing like the master of the old school hollywood right. And it's this gruff, grouchy guy, and he just handles it magnificently. I mean, at one point, he I'm asked, aware of this, but he asked John that, Ford, yeah. how did you film this one sequence? And John Ford says, with a camera, and just uh, has no interest <laughs> in like talking to this kid, and he just handles it beautifully. But anyway, yeah, um, it, it's, it's pretty cool. And by the way, if you want to, I've only seen some Peter Bogdanovich movies, but um, there is a podcast can't remember the name of it, um, but it is Ben Mankiewicz. It's the guy who sure. does now the TCM, TCM stuff. stuff yeah. And it's the first season of their podcast. I think they've only done two or three. And it focuses the entire thing around Peter Bogdanovich before he passed away. This maybe two years right. ago. And it follows his career and how he got into filmmaking oh, and how he kind of fell out of popular, how he hit right off the bat. And he was the right. new hot young thing. But his friendship with Orson Welles right. and like how he almost even couldn't do right by his family because he was like, well, we're in the presence of a genius. Like I, I we have to be subservient to this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't understand how important this art is. It's just interesting. If you get a chance, That's I, cool. the plot thickens. That's what it's called. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, if you listen to only one podcast, listen to ours. If you listen to two podcasts, <laughs> check that one out. So yep. yeah, shout out to uh, Peter. He was a legend. He'll be missed. Yes. Big time. Um, meatloaf died. 
Um, he died of COVID. <sighs> and refused That's to get terrible. a... Um, um, I don't want to get political. Yeah, but, sorry, Meatloaf. But, um, but, you know, he actually said shortly before he died, a couple months before, if I die, I die. Right. But I won't be someone who does this or that. So it seems at least that... He followed his I mean, who knows how he felt at the end? Yeah. Because there are a lot of... Look, you can go down a deep, dark Reddit hole on yeah, people that... Sure, sure decided they made a bad choice at the end or their family's dead. And I don't know how his family feels, but um, it seems that he, yeah, he went out the way he, on his own terms. Pretty wild. Um, um, sucks that he's dead, but um, I, I don't know. I terribly, wish Louis Anderson died. He was only 68. Yeah. Um, very, very uh, endearing um, character on baskets. Um, obviously, he's a wonderful comedian for many years, but right. Uh, right. him on baskets was just one, about one of the most wonderful things ever. Um, Regina King's son died. Did you see that? He killed himself. You know, there have been several devastating. celebrities in different ways whose child or children right. have died by suicide. Right. Um, and it, and she's kind of like totally had this un- resurgence recently. She's directed this Oscar movie. It's and sad everything. no matter what. It's, it's not just that she's the, a celebrity. No, but, but I just, yeah. It, it may, you know, this could be totally unrelated. It does make me wonder about the current time that we're in and people's mental health and how much more difficult these times yeah. seem to be with COVID. And For everyone. No whether that how much in, money you have or, yeah, or whatever. It's just, it sucks. It's sad. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say about it, but no, it it's, sucks. It's terrible. Um, in the not death news. Uh, yeah, not death news. Not death news. Wait, wait. Can I yes. start it? Uh, yes, it's a birthday. Go ahead. We what was <laughs> that wasn't where I was going. What are you gonna do? <laughs> we got finally yes some kind of I won't even call it a teaser, uh, but a Lord of the Rings title. Yeah, for the Amazon show. We did. You hit me up on yes, it. I you did. sent me links. This I did. Very excited Kelly that sent. you sent me. Kelly sent. I had already seen them for the record. <laughs> okay, because I've been uh you know yeah. trolling the internet yeah, waiting. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So what's interesting, and this plays into once again, I've already talked to you about my fears, the, the questioning of Amazon I'm and the cautiously, creative decisions. I'm cautiously optimistic. I've already told but you. But after this. watching that, you're kind of like, oh, well, that's fucking cool. Yes. Maybe it'll all be cool. But <laughs> here is where I'm going with this because okay, I am still scared, but I watched that and I was like, oh shit. And then when you find out how they did this practically and oh, by the way, the water plays into the story like the yeah. fire, and it looks like regions of the world, but it's also the way you would make a ring. All of these things had thought behind them. Oh, they did it practically. This is literally a board. All these things. Do you know that within an hour, the internet was ablaze with people talking shit about how bad the CGI looked, on the, how they paid <laughs> no money for the titles? Some dude has an entire channel. He had like millions of looks. He's like, I told you guys this was going to suck. He may be right. He, this is like, like a lot of people, they've pointed out the flaws and the things where it could yeah. go wrong with this, but we're, I'm telling you, man, our culture now, oh, yeah. no, I don't. we, we would rather be perceived as smart because we can destroy something and see the flaws than be perceived as fans who missed out on something that was stupid. Right. Like if you, you're like, oh, I love that. And somebody's like, oh, did you think about this plot hole? And you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. It's like people are so scared and ashamed now yeah. that they want to be the critic before they even give themselves a chance to enjoy it. Sure. I'm terrified this is going to suck. Sure. I'm not a Bezos fan. I wish he didn't own it, you know, right, right. but I'm hoping it's great. Right. Like I love this story. I want it to be great. Right. So anyway, now, and, and since then they've been releasing Photos for the first time, cat actual names. We knew about some of the cast, but we didn't know who people were going to be. Oh, yeah. Now, if you know the books like I do, and you've actually even tried to read the Silmarillion, 
you know about different characters. Now you know who's playing who to some degree, and you're seeing actual photos. Again, some look scary and problematic. Okay. Some look incredible. Okay. It, it, it's just been a mixed bag, man. I was talking well, to Chance. I feel Chance for is you. a big fan. Yeah. So he's excited. He was this like, bro, tough. I'm not sure about this. this. So who knows? But I just wanted to lead off with that yep. for news other than the death stuff because um, it was very exciting regardless yes. of how it ends up. It was a very exciting time for me over this last month or so. So Well, that intro um, video is awesome. Yeah. yeah, I got my fingers um, crossed. Happy birthday, 90th birthday, oh, John Wait, Williams. wait, 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 okay. wait. John Williams, incredible. Love him. Hope he lives to 120. <laughs> but I do want to say somebody We're created. There. It's not ending. We're not the, ending yeah, the show. <laughs> somebody created the greatest meme, though. I want to stay with the little okay, for okay. one second. Where it showed everyone like jumping up and screaming and losing their minds, bunch of nerds or whatever, when they saw the, uh, the War of the Rings. Yeah. You know? Uh, or I'm sorry, the Rings of Power. Yeah. Um, and as the title. And then the next you know, frame is literally the exact same thing, the board, the actual board that they shot everything on with Bezos leaning on it. It looks like a photo shit <laughs> smiling. And then every one of them is sitting down and they look like super concerned and completely. And I was like, it is, That's it my, is so interesting that this yeah. story is going to be about the rise of the ultimate figure of evil, the dark Lord. And then there's just this picture of this shit eating grin on yeah. Bezos's face. And it really, I don't know. It's disconcerting. Anyway, yeah, let, he we'll seems move like on, a pile but, of shit. but holy um, cow. Okay. So John Williams, 90 years old. 90 what a fucking old. legend. Talk yeah. about a source of light and good in the world. Happy birthday, buddy. I, I hope he never dies. Um, knock on wood. Um, but just to let, there's no one who's achieved more as an individual in their particular part in their particular specialty in film, in my opinion, no, yeah. than John Williams. No one has been a part of more classics, part of the cultural, the fabric of our culture within movies. He's definitive. Than John Williams. He's definitive. It's, there's it's, no one. There's not even a second place to him. No, right. He, he's he's miles above the second right. person you would name for your favorite musical scores. I mean, right. Morricone is iconic, but like na- you you name three or four, you know what I mean, movies. John Williams, you you could put a top twenty list together, and John Williams could have eighteen slots. Uh, it it's for, it's for so movie true. Scores. It's incredible, and he just genuinely also seems like the, the absolute most wonderful man. It's so great. Um, my uh, props to my dad I for actually him. sending me uh, a video. I think I should play it. Let's um, do it because it's mostly just audio, anyways. Uh, let's see. I have to log into Instagram on my computer to play this video. Let's see. Uh, Weird. Never done that. Yeah, because I don't have my phone connected to the recorder. Oh, I got to go to the authentication app. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening. Oh my god! Vamp, vamp, boy. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, you 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 should have had me start talking about Lord of the Rings. I know. I didn't. I wasn't ready. <laughs> while you were doing this, I will say that Kelly and I uh, and our uh, respective others. Uh, went and visited the Hollywood Museum. Oh yeah, that was uh, this cool. past week. And this week's episode is sponsored by the Hollywood Museum. No, it's not worth checking out um, on Highland, uh, right off of Hollywood and Highland, uh, a place where oftentimes you go to check something out that seems touristy, and it is a huge letdown. And even though. Um, the Hollywood Museum does sometimes feel like you're in someone's basement where they've just collected a bunch of cool stuff. It is one of the few spots up there that I think is fully worth checking out. There's a lot of amazing stuff there. Things that don't really have any right to be there. I don't know how they collected them or, or gathered them if they are authentic, which I do believe <laughs> they, they are. They have the vile... Of drugs that killed Marilyn Monroe. The actual vial. It's got not her a prescription on it. It's it, it's just is, there. 
By the way, Bonkers. not not in its own glass case no, with a bunch of other shit. A bunch of other shit is yeah. just sitting there. It's amazing, uh, and the horror basement section is really really oh, cool. I'm so not even good. a big fan of horror, but the amount of stuff they had per square foot might match anything I've ever you know seen what? in terms of I, movie. I, I would agree with that. If you're just into props and costumes and things, yeah, um, a lot of fun. We had a good time. Yeah, they uh, they have that whole Silence of the Lambs basement yep. uh, uh, jail uh, set up. Oh man, and that's creepy. I felt uh, it, it really makes me want to watch that and then the the movies because I've never seen Red Dragon, I've never seen oh, Hannibal. Yeah. I hear Hannibal the show is amazing. Um, Please I just, let me know. I think I'm going to do if maybe and when do you're all doing of it. it. Yeah. And by the way, uh, as much as Silence of the Lambs is the superior movie of all yeah. those, please when you do that, also watch Manhunter. Oh, the okay. Michael Mann um, version of the Hannibal story that was made before any of these other movies oh, really? that no one really saw. And it's very much a product of kind of the 80s and sort of a Miami feel, you know, right. Miami Vice type of feel. But it's an interesting other take. And the fact that it came first is kind of cool. Um, I like it. I like it more than I think I should. So check it out. No, that's great. Um, okay. So to play this little John Williams video, let's see if I can if I can do it. Um, Oh, that's the wrong button. Play. There we go. That should work. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> auto, it's like Instagram doesn't want the audio to be there. So Of course not. Oh, God. Refresh. He had he'd actually written two okay, Raiders themes. He had written... <laughs> play that for me. <laughs> which I freaked out over. I loved it so much. I love they said, and here's yeah. another possible Raiders score... Uh, Raiders main theme and he played take them both baby and and so he had had two choices and I oh. think my only input was to say can't you use both and he did he made and the ladder the bridge and he made the former the main theme that's a perfect example of the kind of collaboration that we have we have done with these things interesting about that da 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 dee da 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 a very simple little sequence of notes but I spend more time on those little bits of musical grammar to get them just right so that they seem inevitable yeah yeah it's great it's great it's great he is the OG and there is no theme song Star Wars is my first love but there is no theme song that takes me quite like Indiana Jones right Um, and um, or or just grabs me. I, I, one of my core earliest memories, we were at a, like a big outdoor picnic concert type of thing. I must've been maybe six years old. And we were there with another family, the Walstons when I was growing up and they played a bunch of stuff. It was like a, just an orchestra thing. It was a thing that our parents took sure. us to. They played music, we ate food and then we were leaving. Right. When we were leaving on the way out, just kind of for fun, the entire orchestra, the band, they started playing the Indiana Jones. Theme uh. song. I remember me and my buddy Jason, who I grew up with, looking at each other. We started just running around in circles around the blanket <laughs> like we were riding horses, super excited until our parents were finally like, we're leaving. Come on. Like yeah. the crowds are leaving. Let's go. And like grabbed us. We were so the music pulled us into yeah, this movie that story. we knew yeah. to such a degree. It's just such a powerful memory yeah. that I've got and speaks to there's nothing more powerful. I don't think that a well, pl- well placed not just song, but 
score. Yeah, overall the score. The marriage yeah. of music and image, that is yeah. what cinema is before right. we even had sound. So, right. Um, and John Williams is the greatest, and God bless him, and happy birthday. And Yeah, all uh, of that. All yeah, of that. He's the best. Um, okay, so further news. I do have a lot. I'm going to kind of rattle some things off, but this afternoon, today's February 10th, this afternoon, uh, Movie Pass came back. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> back to the original. Speaking of the OG. So it's not going to be exactly the same and it's not live yet. Well, but, how could it be? But they had a press event um, and the original founder of MoviePass. He was like, I started this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting, man, because this guy who is uh, an African-American guy, I, I, I didn't know that, but his whole like premise with getting up in front of a group of people and explaining the story is that you know him as as a black co-founder of this company he was struggling to to gain capital and that's like a big part of what was yeah. happening with movie pass when it first happened i didn't sure. know any of this i didn't know no, who we founded it i just didn't know trying to and use it we were you know og uh you oh know, my users Day happy one. to pay 50 dollars a month and we then were some of the few people who could actually get our money back out <laughs> yeah, of that yeah, yeah. and more. He uh, he he made mention of that uh, us specifically. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Kelly and no, Patrick no. were he, first. He kind of rambled on and on. It was a very odd live event, but um, but but it was it was full of like heart and passion and uh, and honesty and uh, even to the detriment of like the corporate way. You know, mm-hmm. he kind of like probably said too much, and he yeah. probably said some things that you know were were a little bit not. Uh, uh, very corporate of kind of refreshing. Um, to me. Totally, I, I I was like, this is really interesting. The the way that this is all set up and how he's just kind of talking and he doesn't seem to be on a script and he kept like just like thanking people and thanking the original users and 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 just kind of it just seemed very endearing. So so the point is that in some form or another, Movie Pass will be back this summer. Okay. Um, there, the a couple of the bullet points that I wrote down because I treated it kind of like a press event, and I'm the press. Um, <laughs> they, um, they are, you know, working on partnerships with theaters, and we'll see how it exactly goes uh, in terms of, uh, you know, where we can use this new version of MoviePass. But um, uh, basically, he said that you know they never moved the needle on blockbusters. They never moved the right. needle on the big stuff, but he's like, where we really helped was in the indie and art yeah, house space. On. He's like, so many more people went to those movies because of Movie Pass, and he's like, I just think that's really great, and we need more of that, and I just found all that really nice. And then, um, and then he basically said that um, that you can sign up this summer, and that they are trying to form it into essentially a co-op. So a, a, a portion of the company can be invested in and owned by users. Um, and right I don't on. know to what extent, but uh, he said those who do that and take advantage of those investment opportunities um, will have movie pass for life, <laughs> like a lifetime membership yeah. um, included. And uh, not that that's a reason to put your money into them, but for um, me it would be, uh, but it might be. <laughs> and then, um, and then he said that there's going to be like a token system and a tiered payment system. So meaning he was like nine ninety nine seemed to be a good entry point. So he kind of alluded to, okay, nine ninety nine, and then a second tier and a third tier sure. of different amounts. And then the amount you pay will imply that you get a certain, these, these tokens are very important because essentially the tokens are a form of currency within the app to pay for things and tickets and whatnot. And they're transferable 
between users. They're even transferable apparently between or, or they're you're able to bring people that don't have movie pass uh, with you based that's on dope. how much you have, you know? So there's just a lot yeah, of like new thoughts that are going into it. And so it's in some form of beta testing now. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, I don't need it at this point. Sure, we're totally sure. fine with all the subscriptions that we have. But uh, the, the, the bottom line is anything that supports movie going to the theaters. Yeah. I have to be in oh, favor. Of course of. I'm with you too on that. Yeah. And also just that whether you go in for it or not, for me, I'm I'm always gonna have some place in my heart for he's the MySpace. I mean he Yes. You yeah. know, it was the first time I mean we jumped on it immediately and it was the first we time had access someone tried this. The yeah. thing that everyone is doing now, the thing that you know AMC is doing for yeah. their theaters and the thing that right. uh, Alamo Draft House is doing, like all these groups are doing. Now, granted, uh, and maybe this is why it didn't work, maybe it won't work again. I don't know. I'm rooting for it. But I still don't know how, maybe he spoke to this when you heard, heard him, he got it for so many different theater chains. I mean, the thing that was unique about MoviePass, especially for us, it started early and got it at a a price that seemed like made sense before they dropped it way down and then everything we, imploded. I think we started our memberships at the like high 20s or low 30s. It was low then, 30s for but me. But then over the course of like from 2017 to 18. Um, it kept raising, yes. and I think by the end it was. I think I was paying fifty two ninety nine a month, and I was still getting my worth out of that, no problem. Again, a fifteen dollar ticket in L A. If you go to a yeah. movie a week, you've already yeah. made three, it back three or three or four movies. Yeah. But in many cases, I was seeing ten a month. Sure. So uh, I, mean, it, I mean, at that time, and like you said, being able to go to any yeah. theater at that yeah. time, I was averaging eight. Yeah, nine movies. I mean, pretty good. You know, I was somewhere between seven and ten every single month. Right. And this is in addition to watching movies for free well, at Sony. I was, that's all I was doing. He then. didn't get deep into like how they partner with theaters and how they get access to them and blah 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 and what you're able to do. But you know, he said that he's like all these new subscription services only benefit that chain. And he's like, and us as a company, we have an opportunity to. Um, to benefit the entire market because we're trying to move the needle for the entire market to increase, you know, just uh, the, the entire industry. And he, he did go a lot into advertising because clearly there has to be an advertising element here, even though there really wasn't originally, but what he alluded to is that they have this thing called pre-show that'll be in the app that will allow, he, he kind of, he kind of said, that he's one of those people that when he watches a movie, he is interested in like the products and he's always aware of product placement. And he's like, why not just market directly to the person seeing the movie? And this isn't in, in place of product placement necessarily, but he was like this pre-show feature in the app allows, uh, you know, companies to market directly to the people about to see that movie as a custom like advertising feed that you don't have to watch, but if you watch it, you get even more credits. Interesting. And it's totally tailored to you. So he's like, if you're someone that sees Bond a lot, he's like, then that, you know, and this is by the way, all in response to the meetings they've had. These are with cool studios. ideas. Yeah. He's like, we've we've talked to the studios and what they want from MoviePass is direct access to the consumer. 
and so, yeah, that's what um, it is now. So yeah, it well, seems like there's an advertising element. And I wish let me, him well. Let me just and play a few second clip though <laughs> yeah, of of something he said, which is you can't help but love. Um, he said at the end of at the very end of the uh, keynote today. Look, we're we're gonna make mistakes, right? We're not gonna get it right out of the box. It's gonna be trial and error. But if you guys can help us build a marketplace. We really think we can take this places because it, it bugs me how people talk about the end of the movie industry. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, it's the greatest thing on earth. There you go. Well, I'm investing the Greatest now. thing I'm on, on board earth. Now. Well, you, this is like you... Um, yeah. I He's feel like you're one of us. I feel like you're exploiting me. One of us. I feel like you're just exploiting me there. You should have opened with that. I would have been so much more attentive. I know. Can you go I back know. to the beginning? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm on board, man. That uh <laughs> that's fully what I, you know, am I'm hoping as well and and you know, obviously rooting hard for it. So, yeah. that's great. That's great. Um in the same vein as um as going to the Hollywood uh, Museum the other day, I went somewhere else I haven't been before. Um, there's a place called Blast from the Past here in Burbank. Have you ever been there? It's no, just like movie. toys and collectibles. Oh, um, cool. It's really cool. You should go in there sometime. Um, I just stumbled in there. And right behind it is a movie poster store also. Oh, see that. There's just two places. I spent an that, hour there. No, exactly. Um, if we're ever just not doing anything in Burbank, we should go over there. But uh, highly recommend those. Um, it, you could just stare in the display cases of like old Star Wars toys. <laughs> it's kind of like what yeah. I have here, but more displayed. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know. Sure, yeah. and they're all for sale and whatnot. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do we have? A sequel to a Christmas story is happening. Uh, Jesus Christ. Ugh. Ugh. Big time. Um, Adam McKay is doing a January sixth insurrection movie. That seems appropriate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that feels right. It feels like something you'd be doing. Um, I can't wait for his Lakers series. By the way. Yeah. Um, in the same vein as uh, we were talking about SpaceX a little bit ago off the pod, um, they are there is a, a private enterprise that is planning on building out a film studio in space uh, in 2024. Yes, saw that. And that's... Is that where Tom Cruise will be filming can, his can first just, movie in space? Yeah, maybe. Can we speculate for a second? Because my thought, my, my image in my head is like, okay... <clears throat> the reason that we wouldn't do that kind of stuff before now is that we don't have really a good way to get to space. And now we do with yes. SpaceX. Um, you know, an individual that's not an astronaut can go to space uh, pretty reasonably. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it'll just become yeah, easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper. And um, <clears throat> so uh, you build out some form of a space station, you know, with, with capsules of space, uh, you know, much like ISS, but more not scientific and in need. And I believe that you could build out something that has a decent amount of equipment because that's, that's really what you need. I mean, cameras are getting smaller, lights are getting smaller. You know, you could have a decent little kit of stuff of sound gear, um, of, of lighting gear and camera gear that absolutely could live in this space always. And, you know, you don't need to bring it up and down with you. And uh, basically, you just think like, okay, it's a, like a tiny soundstage. Um, you could film uh, portions of movies up there when you need uh, zero G. Yeah. Um, because all zero G in movies nowadays is faked. Yep. It's either CG or it's a form of wires and hanging and stuff. And so, Occasionally you know, water shit. Things, things like liquid, yeah, are kind of fun. Um, but, uh, but I guess the point is that that seems really cool and uh and i can't wait i can't wait for that kind of shit that's the greatest it is wild that it's not 
pure fantasy that again, no, Tom like, Cruise will happening. be shooting a yeah. movie in space, and they're talking about the studio in space. Speaking you know? of Tom Cruise, uh, they moved. <laughs> did you see they moved Mission Impossible again? No. So Mission Impossible Seven? was going to come out right after Top Gun, and now they moved it a whole year. So we still, presumably, we still get Top Gun this summer, but we were going to get Mission Impossible 7, uh, you know, later in the summer, in July or whatever, and then we were going to get Mission Impossible 8 the next summer. Now it's just moving one year. Well, and also 7 and 8 now have not been filmed together as one two-part movie, right? Now they're doing them as separate productions, even though they're still doing both of them. When this first all started before COVID and everything, they were going to film them together, and they were almost companion pieces. It was going to be like a two-part Bigger story. Anyway, that's fine. That's fine. Neither Um, of them will be in space that we know of. uh, Okay. So moving on to like some trailers and upcoming stuff. Um, Just real quick. uh, Did you watch the Jurassic World Dominion trailer that came out today? I have not seen the one that came out today. It's kind of cool. I know that we see all of our former legends. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. Um, Do you see the Northman trailer? The new Eggers. And let me tell you something. Ooh. Patrick is on board. Yeah. For the no. And I, Jenna, I mean, it looks, I just looks like, crazy. I just like, I, I, I'm, I'm more on board with that because it's more skewing into the vein of like green Knight kind of weird sure. shit. Artistic than, artistry. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, oh, by the way. Yeah. Um, wait, what were we just saying right before that? Um, Oh, uh, Jurassic oh World. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. So, uh, the, there was a an actor, I, I can't remember his name. He was doing a small interview. I don't know how I stumbled across this, but I want to share it. Maybe I've told you this already. I uh, hope I have, I'm not repeating myself. But he was in um, uh, Edge of, wait, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow. Why can I not think of the title? We're going to call it Edge of Tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. And he was saying that Tom Cruise was talking to, I think it was Macquarie. And they were trying to come up with what the next big stunt was going to be at the time for MI5, I think, at the time. What, okay. I can't remember what time. But the, whatever the sure. timeline was, the next one. And they were discussing different things, just different crazy shit. And he had gotten to be, he, he, you know, he like most people that have worked with him, said, you know, Tom Cruise is the ultimate sweetheart and just, you know, the nicest, guy, easiest guy to work with. I mean, just wants to be the captain of the team and right. make sure everybody's good. So you can actually approach him and talk to him. If you were in that camp, you could hang right. out and talk. Right. And I walked over and said, I hope I'm not misremembering this, said, well, you could just jump from outer space. Remember that guy that did the the free jump yeah, from yeah. outer, like low, you know, right at the edge low of outer space yeah, and yeah. actually just free fall down. And without missing a beat and not dismissive of what I was saying, but just in a very practical way, Tom said, no, nah, it's already been done. And, I, and at the, <laughs> it, he said, it occurred to me in that moment. Yeah. These guys are so different. They're not only trying to come up with what would be the craziest stunt that no one's seen in the movie. They are trying to come up with something that no one has fucking ever done Done, before. Like they're really doing it, but they're also really doing something in the movie that not just that hasn't been done in a movie that has not ever been done. That's why the space thing is so important to him. Yeah, it's got to be. Anyway, I just want to throw that out there because it's just the most Tom Cruise shit I've ever heard. The happen that we're going to film it or the the fact that we're going to film it is just like... It's a product. It's a side... It's like James Cameron doing Titanic so he could die. that's 100% what it's like, yeah. Anyway, okay. They're all of the same. continue, but I just wanted Um, to... How about the Moon Knight trailer? Did you see that? Yes, I did. That looks fun. Yes, I did. So we get yeah, that I don't coming know, up soon. I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know. I'm confused. But March, I'm, yeah, March 30th, so that's Whatever. very soon. Uh, how about the Last Looks trailer? I haven't Mel, seen that Mel one. Mel Gibson. I haven't so, seen that one. Um, it's, 
it's him playing a problematic character and he's got a British he's accent and like a big mustache. And okay. it's like, it's, Oh, I've seen a still from this. Yeah. You should, you should check that out. So Adam, um, our, our friend, longtime listener and longtime friend uh, of the show, Adam, uh, sent me a video that someone, I guess posted or live stream or something. Mel Gibson is changing a tire or filling, putting air in his tire yeah. at a, like a truck stop, gas station, whatever. Another dude comes walking up and he's filming on his phone and Mel Gibson, I got Mel Gibson. And he says, are you Mel Gibson? He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of turns it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but he's, he's yeah. not really into it, but he's not being mean to the guy. He's just yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. and it is, there's something uncomfortable about, nobody ever does anything inappropriate, but it goes on way too long. Okay. There's something very uncomfortable about it. It feels like a powder keg is about to go off. <laughs> so Adam sent me the video and he just wrote the most appropriate thing underneath. He said, he said a lot of, what did he say? A lot of like violent energy or something like that <laughs> in this video. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. now I'm going to butcher it, but he was just like, yeah. Oh, a lot of chaotic energy yeah. in this video. Yeah. Nothing really happens, yeah. but the entire time you're like, it's chaos. Oh, <laughs> and that in a way is how everything about Mel in the last yes. 15 years yes. and how I feel about him for somebody yeah. that I, I genuinely loved. And, and you know, a part of me will always love is like yeah. this film star and action star that I grew up on. It's also just this chaotic energy sure, show that never sure. ends, and I just don't know what to think about it. So, anyway. no, that's fair. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and I think I'm just going to end because we're kind of in trailers and upcoming. Um, just a few upcoming. Oh, wait, I forgot to ask you have you been watching Peacemaker? I still haven't gotten around Dude. to Peacemaker. Oh, my God. Listen, I told so you I haven't much. much this time. I, know. I read some good stuff about it, too. Quit your job. You Quit I your know. job. God. <laughs> Believe um, me, I want to. Okay, so here we are. Um, what I want to mention real quick before we move it on to uh, a main topic slash Oscars and stuff is um, uh, that there are a couple of uh, shows coming back soon. Um, firstly, Star Trek Picard's coming back March 3rd. I don't care, but I am going to watch it. So I care. Guinan's in it. So I'm back in. I forgot to tell you, um, this is more of an off the pod thing, but we go to trivia on Tuesdays and, um, at, uh, idle hour in the Valley. And, uh, two nights ago, you would have been so proud, so proud final it's King trivia final round. The question is name. The uh, so me and uh, Kevin, uh, one of our buddies that does trivia with us, um, are both decent Star Trek fans. Sure, um, and Lander is decent too. Um, but there were like ten of us there, and we were in seventh place, I think, out of probably about fifteen teams. So we're not doing great. We normally right. are doing better than that. So it wasn't our greatest night. We we're in like seventh place. Um, final round <laughs> is name the eleven Star Trek series. And so, of course, I'm like, oh, great. I'm done. Yeah. And so uh, we fill it out and we get them all right. Um, the trick, the only trick question in there is that they include short treks as a series. I was going to say. But we learned that from the other Star Trek trivia they, we went when to. When they did the theme song. And yeah. they did the theme song for short treks. And we were like, well, but that's not a show. Right. So we kind of ignored it. But it, it is apparently in the yeah. canon. It's, it's its own series or something. Anyways, the point is that uh, we got it right. We did a you know double or nothing. We doubled you know and and got it right. Word. We went from seventh to ended at second. <laughs> awesome. It was so satisfying. Awesome. So satisfying. That's great. Anyways, um, clearly no one at that trivia knew. <laughs> like no one else doubled the, of all the fifteen teams. Ha, so that, that's <clears throat> wild to me that fifteen different teams. No one else. I mean. 
Still it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem the, the only reason. Culture. The only reason because we were at seventh. I guess it's possible that someone in absolute dead last place could have doubled and then still not uh, passed us. But what realistically happened is that the t- team that was in first place stayed in first place because they were so far ahead and they didn't double, but they got most of them right. Mm. So they got you know they got ten out of eleven or nine out of eleven. Got it. They still got that many points. Got it. But then we just got another. Did they miss the animated series and the short? You would assume those are the two that people would miss. Yeah, right. Um, Okay, so moving along, Um, there's Picard coming back. Orville, New Horizons. Yes, March 10th. That's so soon. Oh my god, that's only four weeks from now. Yeah, March 10th. (sighs) I'm excited. Um, Atlanta is coming back, which I'm a big fan of. Atlanta that comes back March 24th. We get Moon Knight. Also, I was just mentioning, and then Star Trek: Strange New Worlds doesn't start till May, but we got that. I am. We got a date again. Cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excited about Anson Mount's wonderful. So, um, oh, and we also got um, a date for the boys, even though it's a while. The boys, Another whatever season this is, for. June 3rd. I love the boys. Yeah, they had a um, scary little teaser for yeah. season three. Season three, I think. Anyways, um, we could talk about some Oscar nominations now. I feel like that's the that's the kind of the That is the, the next topic. thing. Um, um, and then yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. But it's is, so do you have interesting. Oscar still has a hold on me out, and it always will. And I also don't care. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just, I wish they meant more to me. I think I've talked about this we before. We talked about it. But, um, but it'll like always be the thing. An unfortunate. And it's always something to dance around. Byproduct. Yeah. We if it didn't better. exist, we would probably be in a better place because we would be more sure. kind of open-minded about movies. Or if it just existed in a better way. Yeah, if they yeah. did what everyone who's not in the Academy complains about all the time. Yeah. If they did what True Romance acknowledges, where they're like, they just give awards to unwatchable movies made by people who don't understand what's good about movies. You know? Yeah. Movie. yeah anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the record, did yes. you know that I, I looked through this recently and I have uh, seen every single uh, Best Picture winner? Not that that matters. Nice, except for two. I'll rattle. I'll rattle through them and then you can tell me uh, what you haven't seen. They are Belfast, Coda. Oh, oh no, 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 no. What, what, what? Historically, I yeah. have seen every Best Picture winner at every Oscars for ninety some years, except for two. All the winners, not the Best Picture nominees. Oh, you're saying? Year. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant from yeah. what's nominated. But rattle off what's nominated. Wait, you've seen you. every Best Picture winner, but two yes. in a hun- how many? Ninety three years. Ninety four. Ninety. You've seen years. Wings. Seen Wings. Whoa. I I went through. Wait, what's I, the one that when wins I got after into college wings. and went to film history? Um. Yeah. Okay. Tell uh, me. Yeah. I I I. I did a deep dive Damn. even into silent film Damn. and, and got pretty invested. Look, a lot of them are, are very painful to get through. Sure. But then there are some where even though it's just certain sequences where you're like, Holy shit. Like this is literally the foundation. Like this is brilliant. Right. And this right, is the right. foundation for what we still use now. Right. Or what Spielberg did here. Um, but the two that I haven't seen are the 1933 winner Cavalcade. I only know this because there are two that I haven't seen. Sure. And 1944 Bing Crosby going my way. Okay. Not really necessarily excited about seeing either of them, but yeah. I have to because yeah. they're the only you're, you're two left. <laughs> um, and I will say there are some early winners. There's only one or two that even happen silent. Like Wings, of course, is a silent picture. But, I mean, you're you're getting into sound right off the bat. Some of the most painful ones are those early 1930s early sound ones because, right. I mean, it, they're yeah. really kind of figuring out what film – at least the silent film knows what it is at that right. point. And you know it's a I mean? music like, video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It is storytelling right. without the use can, of dialogue. Yeah, we can just yeah, but, you know, make a visual. Uh, you know, we're, we're still rudimentary in a yeah. lot of the early 
sound stuff and it's just maybe sometimes stage I, hey man i saw it happen out. one night in uh in you know film school when i was 18 and uh fucking loved it yeah yeah, yeah as an 18 year old there's dude there's diamonds on the rough and that's 1934 they're yeah. super enjoyable yeah. by the way we should have mentioned you and, and one I, of, that's one of, of only on the two that won the big five awards right what's the other one correct you got silence of the lambs and you have one and, flew over the cuckoo's nest right those yeah. are the other two nice. There Nicely you go. Done. Nicely there done. There you go. He got still it. Still remembers his tour it. guide knowledge, bitches. <laughs> that is why my face is still on the website. <laughs> the website. <laughs> Actually, it's because they haven't They would shot never spend money <laughs> to shoot those photos again. I'll probably be there 15 more years. 100%. I think the guy who had been there before me, Marianne, said has not worked here in 12 years. And he was still on the... When the anyway, anyway, check yeah. out the uh, Sony Pictures website. You will um, see my shining face. Sure. Much skinnier version of me. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, so uh, I'm just going to rattle off some uh, nominees. Yeah. Um, the best picture nominees for this year are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Okay. And I will say that I'm blown away that Don't Look Up is in there. And um, and I'm moderately surprised that Nightmare Alley is in there. And all the rest I understand. I haven't seen I Drive My Car. It's the only one I haven't seen. Oh, good for you, man. I've seen okay. everything else. That's fucking great. Good. So you'll see Drive My Car soon in one way or another. Yeah, it is it. three hours long. It's a full three hours Can't long wait. in Japanese. So you're reading for three hours yet. And, and maybe that plays into some of my, uh, you know, uh, struggle with the movie. I don't, sure. I'd like to think it doesn't because I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of foreign language films in the last couple of weeks. You, you know what? And it's not a knock on you. If it does, it's not that you're saying it's not worth watching or it's not great. Ultimately, all you're saying is there's a hurdle for a foreign film. Yeah. I've seen hundreds of them. You have sure, as well, yeah. right? Some of my favorite movies ever are foreign. Oh, Sa- time, Seven yeah. Samurai is one of the top ten movies of all time right. to me. However, it is just being honest if you say that a visual medium yeah. that you want to you actually experience the, the time, shot yeah. the whole time, if you're constantly moving your eye to the subtitles, but you don't want to use the dub version because then you're losing the performance. Yep. You have to pick your poison on yep. one or the other. And that's you why lose either way. <laughs> most of these require, if you really wanted to do it right, two viewings. Learning the language. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was going to say two viewings. But of course you don't have time to do <laughs> yeah. that if you're watching everything else, too. Sure, you can't yeah. get through everything. Anyway, keep, continue. Uh, international feature film. The nominees are Drive My Car, again, Flea, uh, The Hand of God, uh, Lulana, A Yak in the Classroom, and The Worst Person in the World. Um, this three of which I, I saw this week. This which is where really I fall off a cliff because I haven't seen one. Um, sure. And I will say that uh, Flea and Worst Person in the World are both outstanding films. And, you know, Drive My Car, by all accounts, is too. I just, again, I told you how I felt about it. Uh, worst Person in the World uh, representing Norway, um, like I was saying. Uh, directing, Kenneth Branagh gets a nominee in nomination, which I'm I'm – kind of surprised by i liked belfast you liked it more yes i think that belfast being up for best picture makes more sense to me than than director um but uh, whatever by the um, way even though i like belfast more than you belfast is oscar fodder it's yeah, the same it shit is. that i was it talking is. shit it about is, yeah. it's a movie about loving movies yeah. and how impactful yeah. it was on your young I life know. of course they were going to nominate it and right. it's in black and white so for god's sake like i love the movie but come on um, uh, also for directing uh, Ryosuke Hamaguchi that is the director of Drive My Car uh, you have Paul, so- Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza which I love um, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog which I liked a lot 
Um, I'd put it very highly, um, even though I wouldn't say it's outstanding. Um, and then Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, which I think is very oh, well earned so because happy. it's yeah, fucking sure. an outstanding movie that he, unlike a lot of his, uh, we talked about this, unlike a lot of his other recent movies, I don't think he phoned in at all. I so good, so underrated, so underseen. Made it, he made a hey, kind of a masterpiece. You know what I think, that, I thought about this after the last time we talked about this, you know what the thing, yeah. thing, the difference of this is in this and so many other things he's done? Yeah. He was taking on a genre that he always wanted to do and never got to. And I think it brought out the young filmmaker. Uh, because yeah. He was doing he was something excited. new that he had never done yeah. and been preparing for kind of forever. And not wanting to to hear the same things he probably has heard about himself sure. from movies like Ready so. Player One or whatever yeah. else he's done recently. Yeah, revisiting yeah. all these yeah. things that he's already done. Yeah, I just think it was fresh and it felt like Young I, Spielberg. I agree. My it, favorite it, director oh, of all time, Young it, Spielberg. It is great. I love West Side Story. Um, actress in a leading role, uh, Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye. She's she did great. it. Holy shit. Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, which I haven't finished yet, but I will. And then fucking thank God, Kristen Stewart for Spencer, because I love Spencer so much. And uh, I'm just glad she's in there. Even though that movie wasn't as for me, uh, as objectively, I, I don't disagree with you on anything that you sure. said about yeah, it. Yeah. Even though the movie wasn't as much for me, I did leave it thinking, wow, that entire movie, I, I know there was a style to it and it was brilliantly yeah, conceived yeah. and all these other things, but it's it really hinged. She had to, yeah, the whole yeah, thing is yeah, her. Yeah, so yeah. She had to carry it the whole way through. Yep. And boy, did she, she, did she I mean, yeah. that's the most believable thing yes. I've watched yeah, in a while. Yeah. Um, and actor in a leading role, Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Power of the Dog, Benedict Cumberbatch. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, and Denzel for Tragedy Macbeth, which I haven't watched yet. Um, I'm glad that Andrew Garfield got in there for Tick, Tick, Boom. It feels like these best, these lead actor and actress categories are uh, odd um, because there are so many better movies than the ones represented in those categories. And it's just a bummer. It feels to me more than in recent years that they were giving – nominations to names rather than performances. I'm not saying these aren't good performances. I'm just saying that like, no, I hear you. If, I hear you. if you, if you blacked out their name and just went by performance, I just, I just don't think you look, you get I think it's been an ones. unusual three years overall in movie making. And I think if you had shuffled the deck and we did this a little different, even with yeah. the same things coming out, if people were going to go into the movies in the same way, the whole way through right, and things didn't kind of shift and things weren't sidelined. I still think the slates would be different for this Oscars, last Oscars, maybe even the one before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, hmm. but that may be part of it, too. I think we're getting back on track. But, you know, having a, a full year where nothing is pushed back, and I, I know a lot of the indie stuff still came out and some of the stuff that's nominated for this, but it still feels like we're in yeah. a best of what was there type of time <clears throat> yes. yeah. to me. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, I just, I, I probably say this every year, but I mean it. There are so many great movies that come out, and um, I, I haven't taken the time to do like a snubs list because that's a little tough for me. <laughs> yeah. I like, I have the li- I have my list right in front of me, so I can very quickly put that together. But sure, it's hard for me to come to that. I think before we do the Oscars episode, which you know it'll be a month from now when the Oscars airs. Um, Maybe I'll bring that up because there are yeah. some really yeah. significant movies that were in my top movies that uh, d- 
excuse me, are not in these lists at all. Well, look, and now we're right back that to the beginning That happens every year. Yeah, yeah, we're back to the beginning of this, which is us wanting the Oscars to be something that you dream it is when you're a kid and you think yeah. of if you don't pay attention to it. But oh, when you the dive best in, movies of the year? Oh, yeah. okay. This political um, campaign of well, certain so, kinds of so movies. So speaking of that, um, what do you think our Rotten Tomatoes are going to be? <laughs> uh, is it the... Like the worst Oscar winner no, ever? No, it's, it's just our nominees from this year. Oh, so. oh wonderful. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm down for that. So let's, I was like, how is he going to do that? Let's start with Belfast. Um, well, I think the critics really adored Belfast. I'll say that the critics gave it a 92. And I think audiences were a little lower on it. I think audiences probably gave it like a 78. Um, the other way around. So you got 87 from critics and 92 from audiences. It's pretty Really? Good. Yeah. Uh, okay, shocking, but yeah, cool. I agree. <laughs> Didn't, um, yeah, that's what audience. Oh, okay. I'm so glad Whatever. that Coda uh, made it in here because it was a movie that I came out Coda. earlier in the year, and it's just so wonderful. I saw it so recently; it's still kind of fresh. And for me. Uh, yeah, it's very common that they don't get recognized if they're from earlier in the year. Um, Coda. Uh, oh, excuse me. That was weird. Um, <laughs> that was bubbles in my throat. Uh, that's a burrito. Yeah, coming back around. <laughs> Uh, Coda critics, critics, 89 audiences, 87, 96 and 93. Wow. Good. I'm glad it's higher than I thought. Pretty good. That's good. Um, don't look up. I think, feel like this one was kind of a mixed bag. Um, I'll say critics gave it a. I'm going to say critics gave it like an 84 and audiences gave it a 76. 56 what from critics. And it's up for best what? picture um, and 78 well, from audiences. That, in 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 my opinion, um, that's lower than it should be from critics. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, but 50, um, 56, did you say? I, 56. That's I wild to me. Personally but, I, but I know you didn't like it. I'm so mixed on this movie that 56 feels right. Mm, that's, um, that's drive wild. my car. Literally have no idea. I'll right. say it's a foreign thing. Uh, critics tend to like that. I'll say the <laughs> critics gave it a 91, and I think audiences gave it a 88. 98 and 81. This may be as off as I've ever been yeah, on the okay. uh, Rotten Tomatoes. No, no, I'm not I'm not apologizing. Fuck you guys, but Dune. <laughs> uh Dune critics gave it a 94 and audiences gave it a 92. Only 83 from critics, you motherfuckers, really? and 90 from audiences. Once again, these things seem backwards to me. Yeah, I don't I know, know anymore. We're in the upside down and I don't <laughs> nothing makes sense to me. I don't understand that. Sure. How Don't that movie Stranger be, Things? Yeah. That movie is a bigger audience yeah. rating. Than, yeah, weird, um, right? Yeah, we do get Stranger Things sometimes this year. I can't All wait. right, King Richard. Uh, King Richard, uh, critics, 86, audiences, 88. 90 and 98. 98 from yeah. audiences yeah. for King Richard? Amazing, Like, right? I thought King Richard was great, but 98? Not 98. You know what else is 98? Spider-Man, No Way Home. Yeah, the best Spider-Man, because there's three <laughs> of them. It's one of the best movies ever made. You Don't know, you know that? I would say it's three times better than the next best Spider-Man movie. Yeah, right. Licorice Pizza. Critics, Licorice Pizza, 93. Audiences, 90. 90. 91 and 67. Audiences 67 for licorice pizza? Audiences are stupid. Well, they just didn't get it. They're so dumb. Nightmare Alley. 
Um, another one that I liked more than you, yeah. I will say Critics for Nightmare Alley. Uh, Ninety-one audiences, eighty-four, seventy-nine, and sixty-eight. Wow, so making they're... it. I'm pretty sure the second lowest, other than Don't Look Up, which is exactly what I said at the beginning. Did not like those are the two. You're you're in line though with these yeah. because the two lowest have been the ones that you really were like yes. uh, the most. Which I feel I feel good about. Yeah. Um, Power of the dog. Ugh, Power of the dog. It's gonna win the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I hope not. I don't care about it at all. I really hope not. Um, shout out to James. Campion, I don't. I don't. Become the I don't disagree that it. Directors. Right. 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 That which would be wild. Um, I don't disagree. Th- I don't think that it shouldn't be in these nominees. Me like neither. it's perfectly, perfectly fine nominee. But if it sweeps, I'm gonna have a real problem with that. Well, the thing about it is, man, talk about. I mean, more than ten times more than Belfast. Talk about like just the kind of movie that the Oscars always it's always going to be oscar fodder and it's also why people continue to watch the oscars less and less and be less interested i mean look the movie is brilliantly crafted i i could not care less like i don't know i i've who cares who cares (laughs) sure who cares cares what i think um uh, uh critics 99 audiences uh 85 94 and 85 you're almost dead on Okay. Pretty good. I really thought critics were going to um, go. 100% yeah, like all the way. Um, and West Side Story. I mean, be still my heart. Right, uh, to right. me, West Side Story. Well, okay, critics ninety four, audiences. Well, the ones who saw it uh, eighty seven, ninety two and ninety four. Good. Great, right? The ones who saw it yes. ninety four. Hell yeah. That one of we, us. One we of ended us. ended on, on a good beat, on an yes. upbeat. Uh, I love West here. Side that's Story. Good. Ugh. Oh, man. Anyways, um, that's all I got. Oh, you my got God. anything Did else to talk about? Do you want to do a gem? Well, of course I'm going to do a gem. It's been a million years. You have to work in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I, gotta, I have to sleep I gotta in the morning. I got to leave, Kelly. <laughs> I got to go home. It's the middle of the night. Um, I want to say real quickly before we do the gym, because I forgot yeah. about this when we were talking about your favorite uh, project upcoming, Lord of the Rings. Yes. But you mentioned Tilda Swinton earlier. Oh, yeah. How is it possible that Tilda Swinton, now with three different Lord of the Rings projects, has never played an elf? I mean, could anyone... You're just talking about her complexion? Yeah, could anyone be an elf without any... Well, a great actress. Conan. And an unearthly quality. Conan O'Brien. Well, he could be a goofy elf. But could anyone <laughs> play an elf without the use of any prosthetics more than... She looks otherworldly. I'm not talking shit. Like I, yeah, yeah. She looks like an alien or an angel yes. or an elf. That's what she looks like. And the fact that they've had Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, now this series... And no one has looked, tried, maybe they did try to get her, but Tilda Swinton was in the Marvel universe and not the yeah. Middle Earth universe. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the real question, and uh, this is like a whole, I'm opening up a fucking literal can of worms all over my couch. It, it, it's implied that I should watch the Lord of the Rings series, right? And you will at some point with me. And it's implied that I need to watch the movies before the series, right? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, listen, that's like asking, I've never seen Star Wars. Do I need to watch the originals before the prequels? I would say yes. Chronologically, no. I think it will impact how you see the originals if you watch the prequels first. Right. But then again, if you're just coming to it now, chances are it's not going to have the kind of impact that if you 
sought it out and discovered right, it earlier. Anyway, right, right. I will eventually just trap you and force you to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy. We should really do a commentary to the trilogy, but the problem with that is if we're watching it for the first time and we're talking. You know what I mean? Like, it's, no, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't do that. Um, I get what you're saying. Obviously, that would be nice. Well, we we I mean, we could do like a we could do like a live Instagram oh, or something like in between oh, them. Don't threaten me with a good time. My, of don't my you threaten reactions. me with a good time. Maybe not like throughout, but like we watch one and then we do like a five minute live where yes. it's just like a podcast, mini podcast, and then we go into the next one. I mean, I will say that even though I don't, I I know you don't, I know you know I don't care. Sure. But the idea of doing any kind of trilogy. Yes. Like over a weekend. Sure. Preferably like on my couch. I'll bring this Because I like my TV. Um, is fun. That's a fun yeah. idea. Yeah. So I'm not, you, I'm not not open to it. You love movies enough that yeah. you would, you would do it's this. Just a, it's just an adventure. With right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and well, look, a huge staple I, of a time in film that was right, you know, hugely right. popular in the same way that Star Wars and Harry Potter and Marvel well, Universe. Well, I'm putting that out there on the podcast so that you no remember it. Yeah, no, no takebacks. Take yeah, yeah. Um, because even more than me, most of the time, you uh, your weekends are precious. Correct. Because you work so hard during the week and I barely work at all. Um, but I would absolutely. Try, try to think <laughs> about that long term. Like, yeah. you know, find a weekend yeah. where you're like, okay, I'm really not doing anything this weekend and plan it with me in advance. We'll, we'll find a time. That is a promise on this podcast okay. on Very episode good. 48. And let me just say that um, th- this has been a long time coming. Yep. And I'm going to try not to cry while I'm on this. <laughs> but you know that I am as big a fan as I am that I am objective about this for this for the reason that never would I tell you because I love the world or the universe or the series so much that you need to watch The Hobbit. Do you know what I mean? Like I went to all like, of them with you. Sure. But what I'm saying is I had not seen them when you went with me. Oh, right. Okay. So what I'm saying you is didn't like, know to tell me to stay I home. recognize <laughs> what is good and what is not like right. if the genre doesn't right. work for you, it doesn't work for you. It's the same as star Wars. Never am I going to tell someone you must watch the prequels. You know what sure. I mean? The same kind of type of thing or even the sequel trilogy for that matter. Right. Um, that said hidden gem time. We've been talking Tilda Swinton. Yeah. And I decided to go with a little rare, Tilda Swinton gem. Oh, I think nice. there's a lot of Tilda Swinton movies that are hidden gems because she's, she's got great. a lot of indie stuff. She's great. But uh, I'm going to throw out there a relatively recent movie from 2013, easy for me to say, called Only Lovers Left Alive. Do you uh, remember this movie? No, but you've told me about it. I don't think I've seen it. Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, right. Um, who I'm a fan of uh, as much as you know he is uh, an acquired taste or a particular sure. brand you like or you don't. Um, don't love all of this stuff. This was one of my favorite ones. Um, it's a vampire story. It's a Jim Jarmusch vampire movie. Um, and it stars Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston okay. back before I knew who Tom Hiddleston was. That's all I'm going to give you. Um, 2013, definitely worth seeing, uh, recommending it because to Because then he did the zombie one. What was that one called? Sure. Uh, uh, 
uh, the dead don't dead, die. Dead don't die. Which is another he, of my favorites. Was it? Yeah, I love that one. Now, I mean, a lot of it, people, a lot of purists of Jim Jarmusch are like, now that he's just flirting with the fucking, you know, um, genre stuff. Is that? It was. Really is that a thing that he's doing? He's just bouncing. I, I think around, a lot of yeah. people are kind of like, oh, he ran out of ideas and he's doing the genre. But to me, that's fun. Whatever. He he does Jim Jarmusch movies. Why not explore? I I would be curious to see a science fiction Jim Jarmusch movie. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I don't know him know, that well. It, it's not. And listen, he's, he's got a Lynch vibe. That he's I like. not like my favorite filmmaker yeah. i just think his stuff is interesting um yeah, it's yeah. a little boring but in a good way like it, right. like it's a it's a slow burn i shouldn't say a little see coffee and cigarettes also yeah and and i mean if you were asking me look man i'm gonna watch one or two yeah. jim Jarmusch movies yeah i mean in that if that case i'm gonna tell you to watch night on earth and coffee and cigarettes yeah uh coffee and cigarettes first watch right. the short and then the feature like yeah that's a better representation uh yeah yeah I think but, I saw uh, it in uh, film school. you know so sure yeah. and and honestly that you can get as much out of the short it's just an expanded version right for the feature right but um but yeah but this is a, again the reason this is a hidden gem is it's not even one of the top genres okay, movies fair enough. it's just a movie that's enjoyable and if you're a film fan and you want to see something that's different sure and you're you know it, it's it's funny it's like darkly funny. i find it kind of hilarious like low-key really really funny and I remember very few people laughing in the theater other than me. So <laughs> so maybe it's not, you know, not for everybody. That's how you know you're smarter than them. There you go. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> By the way, anyway, well, at death, on, at death, so death on the Nile last night, um, you know from the trailer because you've seen the trailer enough. Uh, the Gal Gadot does the line, um, and enough champagne, pause, f- to fill the Nile. Fill and the like Nile. Throws, yeah. throws the glass. And there were two guys in front of me that fully applauded when she delivered that Oh, my line. God. And I truly don't know why. Other than they were excited about her delivery of that line. But the delivery is so awkward. And, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I assume they're fans of hers. And sure. they were just like, sure. She's beautiful. She's doing a great job. <laughs> like, I just really get the sense that they just were very enthusiastic. Oh. But I just, the, the whole room was just like, there's people clapping? Wow. What the fuck are they clapping at? Well, that's wonderful. And enough champagne. To fill the Nile. Pause. To fill the Nile. It is the way, <laughs> you know, what's the famous Harrison Ford line? You can type this shit, but you can't say it. It is that line where you play it in your head like that, and you're like, yeah, this is how you do Bart it. Time. Bart time. Bart time. Bart time. Bart time. And then it doesn't really come out that way, unless you're doing like local theater. Nice. Anyway, uh, that's everything that I can think of to say right now, but more important than that, I have to get home and go to sleep. I mean, that makes sense. Unfortunately, I still have a job that's not making movies, so got to get up for that one tomorrow, but thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, happy three-year wow. anniversary to all of That's our great. listeners. You guys are the best. Wow. Oh, I love it. That's great. Wow. <laughs> That's great. Wow. And how'd that affect you with guys? No, that's not appropriate That's one. the one we should play <laughs> no. every time, no matter what the effect wow. is. Wow. Wow. Okay. Good night. And enough champagne to fill the Nile.